there. Evil. That's signs of evil. That's like saying you can all act the paper bag. Dead now. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again. The world famous. Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. Where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Drop a baby, buggy poppers. Lazarus, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. 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 Thanks, that's, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Round table show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk right here on PSA. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. Uh, this is a very special episode tonight. Tonight we've got the new kids on the block live on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be fantastic. And we got uh, Jackal and Johnny calm, here, calm, too. Calm, calm down, calm down. <laughs> that's for your show on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah the Zod Rider show, is, is it's all about right. the, the right stuff and hanging tough. This right. show, This show is... They're going to do that show. Step live on the show, all of them. They're going to be in your studio. show on Tuesday is going to be all about "I'll be loving you forever." Who stick first? About please don't go, girl. <laughs> Hanging yeah, tough in the right stuff. Girl. That's that's going to be all you coming up on Tuesday, and I know you're excited yeah. about that. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. I but mean, tonight's you, show, you've had epic episodes, all about Pirates of the Caribbean five. All oh. about Pirates of the Caribbean. So we're going so, so one, we don't, so we don't care about Alien Covenant on this show. Then it wasn't good. It's it's old news. It came out like what three weeks ago. Franco, yeah, we haven't talked about it on the show, so uh, you know. I, I think I'm the only person here that's seen it, though, right? I oh, think okay. you are. I haven't. Seen I it. haven't seen it yet. Now that's our that silent sense. partner, Jason Jackson, or who's not here. Uh... Yeah, Jason, <laughs> Jason, seen it. I bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling Jason, every, ja- I'm calling well, Jason Jackson from now on. Fuck this justice shit. You know, you yeah. know him. He says, he says whatever it is, he'll watch it. So I'm pretty sure he's seen it. I know, pretty sure. But I don't even think he's seen it. That's what I'm saying. It's it, it's it's cool. The, the the CGI Zenos piss me off like on a on an unreal level. Um, is Ripley I, in it? Jesus, dude, no, Ripley's not in it. Michael Fartbender from the first the. Film before is Fart in it, Bender. and there's another Michael Fart. There's like two Michael Fartbenders in it. Uh, Numi Rapace gets a flashback scene, so it ties somewhat to Prometheus, and it somewhat sets up for Alien movies moving forward. It looks like he's going to do more prequels before the actual yeah, Alien. Yeah, but this is this is set a, up. It is set a, up that they go to the same planet as in Prometheus, right? Because no, a, no, no, they go to a different one. They go to the oh. planet that they go to after Prometheus, because after Prometheus, she takes off with Michael Fartbender's head in a bag. Remember to try to find the um, the the what are they called? The engineers. Right, but, but I thought um, they had stayed on that planet looking for the engineers. They never went off world or anything at the end of the. No, movie. no, no. Yeah, she, they had another. The engineers had another ship, and her and Michael Fartbender's head took off on it to try to find them. And Fastbender made himself a new body, and he basically perfected how to make the Xenos that we know. And when Danny McBride and Franco and all the happy retards in this new movie get there, alien antics ensue. It, it, it's shot nice. It's it's a decent-looking film. Um, I'm not I'm not jumping out of my skin out, about it like so many fanboys. It's nothing to fap at. It's there's a there's decent. a new 
I don't know if you guys know about this, but you know that company that does the puts out the audio audio books on Amazon Audible. They've got a new series out, like it's an audio drama series, and it's Alien, and it's like done in in you know uh, in connection with with Ridley. No, it's done in connection with uh, you know the people that made the Alien movies, and they've got uh, um, and I think I think Ripley is in one of them. It's like a prequel to Alien, but it takes place after these these films. It's called Alien Shadows of the Rain or something. It's some sort of series, but it's it's exclusive to like Audible on Amazon or something. So it's like a new thing that they're trying. And then they've got like an X-Files series too. That's where they actually got David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson to come in and play their roles somehow. Oh, who needs that when like X-Files is coming know. back with another season? Well, know, it's coming we back on TV got, too, but they're just like doing anything. We haven't got to do a show since that news dropped. I'm sure Jackal's shitting kittens about that, dude. That's got to be rad. I like that last revival scene they did. Yeah, so. I just hope there's more than six episodes, because if it's six episodes, why bother? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like doing a show called 24 and only making it 12 episodes. Right. You know, it's just I mean, of... the six episodes, yeah, it was nice and all, but you have like the one episode in the beginning and the one at the end that are actually meant to carry a storyline forward, and everything in the middle was just filler episodes that had nothing to do with anything. I really so like the ridiculous. trash, man. I really liked the Trash Man episode. That was excellent. It had one of my ah, favorite musicians yeah. ever, Tim Armstrong, in it. And when David Duchovny looks at Scully and goes, Scully, back in the day is right now. That's like the coolest fucking line he's ever said, dude. Like, I, I quote that all the time. That's like my favorite. Back uh, in the day. I'm pretty sure you've other better quotes than that. Oh, come on. Uh, come on. And you don't like American Gods, Johnny? That show is full of awesome lines. Dude, don't you come at me with that Neil Gaiman fanboy bullshit. I, I don't like the man. I don't like his work. The show has a cool cast, but I'll rather read Wicked and Divine any day than throw my money into Wicked Neil Gaiman fucking pocket. That curly head Tim Burton of comic books ain't getting no more of my money, ever. Sandman was good, but that's about all I'll give him. Isn't AMC doing a Sandman series? I thought No, there's they supposed were. to be a movie for it. Uh, Joe Gordon-Levitt was supposed to do it, but he dropped out. Uh, somebody else is on it now, but it's one of those Vertigo movies that went over to New Line, but you haven't heard shit from since um, DC can't get their own house in order, so they don't care about actually putting out good characters. They're just still focused on pooping out Batman and Superman at the moment, so now, they'll probably never get Johnny, it. You're the only one here that's seen Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the new one. Uh, oh, hell no, I haven't seen it. I was just making fun of it. Oh, well, see, you had us all fooled. I thought you all had seen it. <laughs> no, yeah, man. I know. We're gonna, we were gonna like, we were gonna center the show around your opinion of Pirates yeah, of the Caribbean. Dude. <laughs> I want to see it just because Paul McCartney's in it. I think it's just hysterical that you talk about people that don't need any money doing something so utterly retarded. Why would he just come and do a movie so stupid? Didn't one of the Rolling Stones did uh, did one of these movies also? Um, he played uh, yeah, he, the father, Richard, um, Jimmy Jarrett. No, dude, that that was Mick Jagger. That was Free Jack. That has nothing to do with Pirates of the Caribbean. No, like, no, 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 no. It wasn't Mick Jagger who wasn't. It was uh, the guitarist. What's his name? Keith Richards. Keith Richards, yeah. He played Captain Jack Sparrow's dad in part Correct. four. I've never seen that one. Either. I hate it. I love the first film. The other two sequels were garbage. I didn't even bother watching the fourth one, even with Penelope Cruz in it. And even though I got a mad crush on her, I wouldn't even watch it for that. And I don't have very many plans to watch this one, but 
I might just to see Paul McCartney. It opened over up pretty yeah. weekly, though. It opened up with sixty-two million over the weekend, which uh, for Memorial Weekend. I mean, I don't know if they're counting the Monday as a part of the weekend, but uh, for at least a three-day estimate, it's pretty weak for uh, this kind of a film. I mean, they were expecting at least eighty, ninety million. Johnny week. Depp has no more box office draw. He's like Will Smith now. He's done. In America, hey, hey, hey. but at foreign market, he's it's doing strong. It's two hundred and eight million for the opening weekend, so it's doing really well overseas. It's just really bad here in the U.S. I mean, this movie will make a profit because of the overseas market. That's about it. It's uh, the thing is, is nobody really liked the fourth one though. Like, the, the, why guess. would you do it? I thought well, the fourth one was though. okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. But the, with a production budget of two hundred and thirty million dollars, this movie has to make about four hundred and sixty million just to break even. I mean, it's gonna probably. It'll be make like, that in China, dude. It'll make that. It'll make that in the I Chinese know, market. That, it probably won't make it because it's got ghosts in it, and you can't release movies with ghosts in it in China. So I don't think it'll be released there, bro. Oh, Did they wow. release the last one in China? Or- I don't know, man, but I know that you can't. They don't let you have movies with ghosts in it in China. It's one of the rules. They don't like. They don't like spiritual. Wait a minute. What about what about uh, Leslie Chang's movie Inner Senses? That has ghosts in it. Yeah. But is he? I don't know. Maybe you can have Chinese ghosts. They don't want Western ghosts. I don't know what to tell you. I know that racist much American movies about like ghosts and stuff like that. They don't really get released over in China because they don't like them. It's just something that I know that it's oh, okay. kind of not a smart thing to make if you want to have your movie released in that market. Don't make a supernatural film. Right. I have to ask Bay Logan about that next time I talk to him. That's cool. That's a good question. Yep. Now, going from uh, one movie that is uh, doing okay but might be tanking here in the U.S. Uh, to one that's actually uh, just tied to the predecessor, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, dipped to number two. We're going to go over the box office uh, results later on, but it, it, it came in number two this week with about $19 million for the weekend, and it's already made $333 million for its total domestic run, which ties the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So right now it's actually just slightly edged it as far as uh, the domestic run. It looks like it's going to end up somewhere near about $400 million, maybe when it's over, or $380 around there. Uh, have you guys seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and what are your thoughts of it? Oh, that- dude, of course, yeah, I want- uh, Zod, go first. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen it, so you can go ahead, oh. Johnny. Oh yeah, dude. Of course, I've seen it, man. I, I went and saw it on opening weekend, and it, it's magnificent. It is, it is a wonderful sequel. I, I people always, oh, is it better than the first? I don't think of it in that terms. To me, it's like the Raid and the Raid Two. It's two movies in a, in a franchise that I can put in and watch back to back and have a ball with. Uh, the scene where Yondu and Rocket Raccoon kill more people than Superman and Man of Steel. It's one of the greatest things put to film. Uh, the little Groot dance sequence at the beginning, it, it's hysterical. I would actually like to see Vin Diesel doing the mocap for that. It would, I'm pretty sure it'd be hysterical to watch. Um, I wonder, did he do the mocap for that? Or, I mean, or was that just, uh, all CGI? Cause I don't, I can't see Vin Diesel really getting, you know, mocap, more captured. And, and it might have been, James, it might have been, it might have been James Gunn's brother. I know James Gunn's brother who plays Cracklin in the movies. He yeah. does a lot of Rocket Raccoon and Groot's, um, um, mocap when the other actors are busy and stuff, so that might have been him. I figured, but, uh, I mean, honestly, Vin Diesel, he's relegated to, like, one line. I am Groot. I mean, that's all, you need him in the studio for, like, one day, and that's it. You know, and, like, he can go home. You know, yeah, I don't even know why they even have the Vin Diesel in the title, because he doesn't really do anything in the movie, so... I had but, never, uh, never really got that. It's just all name recognition, I guess. Getting back to my rundown, um, right. Kurt 
Kurt Russell is magnificent in it, man. Like he really, oh, especially when he was trying to explain to Star Lord that we're, we're the sailors in this song, Brandy, you know, and like, oh, dude, he was classic. Um, all the other cameos were great, man. It was great to see Sylvester Stallone and Ving Rhames yes. and um, Michelle show up in the film. It was fantastic. Um, lots of really cool new aliens. Five after credit scenes that were all hysterical, but the best, the best of all. Dave Batista as Dak, um, Drax the Destroyer. Man, he had me rolling that entire film. Convincing yeah. that hot, that hot Asian alien that she was ugly and that, um. You're a hideous to look at. <laughs> and when he's talking to Kurt Russell, so, so did you create a penis? And dude, you're talking to my, well, my dad tells me about how he impregnated my mom every Christmas. Like, it is, it, oh man, everything he said was hysterical in that film, man. One of the greatest MCU characters ever. Uh, one of the best MCU movies ever. I think that, um, it's going to be really hard for any film to dethrone the Guardians of the Galaxy movies in my mind as the best of the Marvel Cinematic Now, speaking films. of Guardians of the Galaxy, Johnny, have you had a chance to play the new Telltale games, Guardians of the Galaxy? I was going to pick it up, but I, f- I found out that it only has the first three chapters on it, and I have to download the rest from the App Store, and I, f- I fucking hate doing that on my Xbox, so no, I haven't played it yet. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious about it. I haven't played it yet either. But it looks wonderful. I mean, I like the Telltale game for um, Fables. The um, I love the Telltale game for Batman. I thought that was oh, of fantastic. Of course, I love the Telltale movie for fucking Batman. Jesus. We're talking about Marvel here, man. Wait for DC Hour to talk about goddamn Batman, dude. Come on, Jesus. Well, it's, it's Batman. Batman. Talk about dude. Batman in any hour. doesn't matter. I mean, if you're saying Aquaman, I understand you're getting upset, but it's Batman. Batman. You guys know how I feel about Batman. Batman. You're the only one. Except for Will Arnett's <laughs> Batman. Batman. Okay, I will put up <laughs> oh, yeah, for Batman. real. That was epic. That's yep. the best Batman of all right there. Batman. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you no, got now a tackle since you've seen it, too. I mean, i gotta, I got to equal your sentiments on almost just about everything you said. I mean, it, it was really one of the best sequels I've ever seen to begin with. Um, whether it's as good or better than the original, I mean, that's open to interpretation, but as far as sequels go, I mean, this movie did not lag at any point. It didn't, uh, it didn't make me feel like, man, it, it tarnishes the first one. It, I, if anything, it enhanced to make the first one better because it expands on the storyline of some of the main characters and it doesn't just feel like a throwaway sequel. Like a lot of sequels, when they, when you see them, they really have very little to do with the original. It's just by name brand or by the characters that are there, but they don't really tie in storylines. Here you get to see the further, you know, fleshed out storyline of Star Lord, his father's connection, who his father was, and you get to find out why his mother had cancer and why it was that it was given to her. And that moment, that scene, when uh, it was brutal. when Ego tells him that he gave his mother cancer or brain cancer, and that moment that you see Star Lord's face, and you see like the background just like zooming into him. I felt that moment because you know I lost my mother to cancer last year, so that moment was like very, very you know like poignant to me when I when I saw that. It just it, it brought me back also, and I felt like what Star Lord felt. And in fact, it was in in my mind, and Zada would probably agree with this. There was a scene in that movie where that happens. That almost reminded me of Ben of Steel, in a sense. The moment he jumps on Ego and starts just punching the shit out of him, and he's flying through the like the uh, the world, and he's like, "You put you killed my mother." It reminded me a lot of Ben of Steel when Zod is in front of Superman, and Superman goes at him because he hurt Martha Kent, and he starts punching the shit out of him. But it was actually acted. But like very much better acted, yes. Much better acted. But there's a couple of things in there that were kind of like, you could tell there were like nods to other superhero movies, like 
Man of Steel, and there was even the uh, the scene where Ego's telling, um, when he's telling Star Lord his origin. That whole sequence where everything's like morphing into like with the storyline that he's trying to explain to him, that felt also like what Zack Snyder did with Ben Steel a little bit. So there was a couple kind of kind of more spoofing I, it though, kind of spoofing it. Yeah, especially it was like, with it was like, the weird kind of like mall mannequin looking. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, archetypes that were coming out of it in the imaginings, the statues that he would form, mm-hmm. they kind of looked very um, comical. You know what I mean? So it yeah, almost yeah. seemed like uh, like a Would Mad you, Magazine version of Man of Steel. Exactly. Which is, which is right up at the alley of what this characters are. You know, the, this is what this universe is. And it was perfectly put in there. I mean, I, I liked all the little touches and nods throughout the movie. But the overall, like, acting, you know, by the actors was just phenomenal. Ego was amazing. Probably the best villain in a, in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that has when nothing to do got, with Loki or got, that. He got great screen time, too, unlike oh, so yeah, many of the other great yeah. villains. Like, Kurt Russell actually got the shine in this film, which well, yeah, Marvel does their villains too often. Yeah, but it's Kurt Russell. If you're going to hire Kurt Russell to play a villain, you're going to spend time with that with that character. You're not going to you know cheapen the, the experience of having that character with that actor in there. So you're going to give him as much screen time as possible. And I loved the fact that they gave him all the time they gave him. The fact that they fleshed out the character. And at first, we thought that he was a good guy and he was nice and he was going to be this loving parent that you know that. Star Lord has been looking for for his whole life, and then we realize that he's actually kind of a jerk, and we should have realized this because his name is Ego, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's all about his ego. The whole thing is about his ego. You know, he's he's created this entire world because of his own ego, his own ego going out of out of its proportion. So I mean, that is you know the basis of who he is. But at first, he really like you know captures you with the performance because you you. You feel for Star Lord, you know, especially if, if you felt like you lost a parent, or if you're, you know, an adopted kid, or if you've lost both of your parents. You can really connect to Star Lord as a character, and then when that happens, you really feel like, man, that's cool. He found his father, but then his father turns out to be a dick, and the guy who raised him actually was more of a father to him than anybody else. And the guy we thought was the dick in the original one, Yandu, turns out to be the, the really cool guy who actually saves everybody at the end. Spoilers, but he really is like the the he was really Peter's father growing up. If you look at it in in that sense, and that makes you know a whole lot more sense. And it's not like the guy who gave the sperm that's the father; it's the guy who raised you, showed you how to pitch, showed you, you uh, know, to play catch. The, was there for the way you. he, the it way he says it's so wonderful too. Yeah. I may not be your father, but I'm your daddy. Yeah, I mean, like it, it's Michael guy. Rooker as hell. It, it's mm-hmm. rednecky, but man, was it touching. Yeah, yeah, and it, was, it, and it was touching. And not only that, the scene with Yandu and Rocket Raccoon, where they're bonding, that 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 main sequence, uh, is just not only is it very heartfelt. You know, they're they're bonding, and you can tell Rocket at it, at the same time was kind of like you know playing uh, playing pony to him, like to get him to like you know work with him. And then he you know he realized that you know we really are just the same guy. We're both angry for no reason. We're both you know pissed off at the world, and you know we're both scientifically experimented on when we were younger. So in a sense, him and Rocket are the same kind of dude. And when they're bonding together, and by the way, not only that, it also features one of the funniest sequences I've ever seen in in, in cinema history. When they're trying to get Groot to bring back oh. his uh, spike, and he keeps coming back with like different things, like the desk, the toe, the dead animal, the, the toe, and they're like, we're never going to talk about this toe <laughs> thing again. Let's just not bring this up again. I mean, there's so many little funny things like that throughout the movie. Taser face, taser, taser face. face. <laughs> it is the greatest villain ever. Taser face. That's it. <laughs> Nobody can top Taser face in the MCU. Well, maybe ego, but that's about it. But Taser face, I like. I want that toy. I want that action figure with Taser face. I want to have oh, a figure even- on my wall. That says Taser Face on it. That is a 
when he called up it's the so golden strange. alien chick and he's just like, you tell them that taser, taser face, face. And she just starts <laughs> laughing at him. That was great. Oh, Not even man. other villains take him serious. That's a, that's his, but then again, if you look at that, you're like, well, that's so, yeah, but that follows the comics of, of, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It follows along the narrative of your first movie. This movie does so many things right. That whatever negative it might have done or whatever wrong you might think or nitpick at, it, it's completely like a, a, an afterthought. I mean, none of that matters once you watch, when you see the whole movie. I've seen it three or four times now. Love every single time I've seen it. It's a, and usually movies I get tired after a couple times. I don't, you know, have to watch yeah. it two or three times. This one, every time I've seen it, it's gotten better. I've enjoyed it a little bit more because I could spend time with you know different scenes that maybe I rushed you know I rushed through at, at the first you know couple of viewings or well, I didn't catch the entire thing the first couple of viewings but yeah, every really time I see it, it's just kind of better. He's really smart with what he did. He took like the fans really enjoyed the characters Yondu and Nebula mm-hmm. and he worked them in wonderfully to this film and brought them in to being part of the cast and really I, I really liked both the characters in the first film but I loved the way that they were brought in I loved how they were expanded upon um, and I just I was just happy to have more of them because usually in these Marvel sequels some of the characters like that especially like in Thor you know like how the Heroes 3 they're gone you haven't seen them since the first movie but Gunn he went and he's like oh people like these crazy little blue characters I have mm-hmm. so yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna do more with them and I, I love the character Nebula. I think she's badass. I like her temper tantrums in this movie yeah. very much. And then when she's fighting with Gamora and she's all crunched up and like she's like putting herself back, that's one of the coolest looking scenes ever. Actually, this movie had some of the most impressive CGI and visuals I've ever yes. seen in a science fiction film. I mean, I just was like looking at, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not usually one of those all the pretty colors kind of guys at the movies, but at this one I was, I was just kind of like, ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just a lovely film. I mean, all the way around, it's fun, it's entertaining, and I don't get the hate it, it, some comic book fanboys seem to have for it. Well, I, I don't, I, don't I haven't seen, I haven't uh, seen too much hatred or negative, like, you know, talk about it. I mean, there's been mostly, you know, positive uh, reviews and stuff on it, yeah, with sprinkles of a couple haters here and there, but uh, for the most part, I've heard people bitch about Sylvester Stallone's role in the movie, which I'm like, he's very limited to the movie, and why would you bitch at that? Is, I mean, to involve Sylvester Stallone is a phenomenally great idea. I thought I mean, he was wonderful. Yeah, that's that's some of the uh, the minor complaints that I've that I've read online. I'm like, why would you complain about that? It's stupid. I mean, Sly Stallone is like the greatest action hero of the eighties. Hit hit up some Facebook comic book um forums and pages, man. You'll find lots and lots of very vile, stupid people angry about it. Yeah, most of those are DC fans that are mad that this movie's you know making more money than Batman vs Superman. True story. Yeah, it, it's got to be. It's got to be hard for you, Batman fanboys, to know that a fucking talking raccoon blew your best hero out of the water. Hey, hey, hey! Deal with it. Twice. <laughs> Not just once. Twice. It's, it's going to do that now. Uh, but uh, whatever. I, I mean, I don't care what like, some stupid fanboys have to say. Or anything. For the most part, the critics have been good to the movie. It's making money. It's going to. The third one's going to be out probably in a year or two. Um, you know, this is a series that is surprised everybody this franchise, and uh, James Gunn has done a great job, and what he's been able to do as a director and writer is he's done with, like, say, for example, and I hate to, like, you know, you know, harp badly on Zack Snyder right now because he's going through some terrible things. Yeah. Uh, with the loss of his daughter, so I don't want to, like, you know, harp yeah. you know, too badly on him, but as a filmmaker, Zack Snyder makes great visually, you know, makes movies that, are, that look visually great. 
but the their depth, their storyline, that, that's always something that he has issues with. You know, get, you know, good narratives through the movie, um, movies that folk that feel connective, uh, connected to the audience, that you can actually connect to the characters. You know, that's something that's always been lacking in his movies. Um, it worked in some of the movies, like Three Hundred, because that movie's meant to feel like a disconnect from reality because it's so cartoonish and like it's well, and and, and the comic book for it was just visual. There was right. it was minimal dialogue. Visual, it was correct. all just Frank Miller's insane version of uh, historical views of right. the, that battle. So, so it was it the perfect film for a guy like him. Exactly. Right, but for when when you're, when you're trying to give something that had the you need to have some more depth and, and better writing, like Superman or something like that. That's where he feels, and that's why as fans we've all said that's why these movies are not good. You know, I understand he's going through his trauma, but like when you look at a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy One and Two, you see a director like James Gunn, and you're like, "This is a director who gets it." Not only can he do visually great-looking movies, but he can tell a story that also captures you and it has a lot of depth to it. The whole storyline with Ego, while it sounds funny and you know it's Kurt Russell hamming it up for most of it, there's a lot of depth to that storyline, especially when you consider the mom got cancer because of Ego, and Ego, you know, had Bonnie Hunters go after his kid to bring it back to him, so they could take over the entire universe of the galaxy by creating all these planets that are all mirroring him and you know there's so much depth to the storyline that it takes a really strong writer to pull that off and James Gunn proves that he is both an equally strong writer and director because he wrote and directed this movie and uh, I gotta yeah. give him props for that and you know well, he's, and look, he, look, he's earned his bones he's fought oh, his definitely. way from the bottom the man grew. The man grew out of trauma he wrote Tromeo and Juliet he wrote Terror Firmer he wrote in co-starred in toxic avenger 4 um so um and then he had mm -hmm. to come from that and then got into hollywood proper and right. made his name within writing four scripts and got to start directing his own films and yeah no he's he's a powerhouse but one of the things i love best about him is he's never forgot his trauma wackiness he's brought it with him to the mainstream and it's working wonders for him i mean guardians of the galaxy it's not as gross out and as freaky. There's a lot of fucking trauma in that movie, man. There is a lot of trauma in that movie. And it's not bad for a guy who was uh, part director of the movie 43. Was he? Did he do a part of that? Oh, man. Yeah, he I bet he doesn't tell him too many people that. No. He <laughs> <laughs> keeps like, that one quiet. Was, but to be fair, it was him, Bob Odenkirk, Brett Ratner. Uh, Peter Farrelly, uh, Griffin Dunn, James Duffy, Steve Carr. I mean, there's a lot of people that were directors. In so that he movie. wasn't the only good name that no, was no, attached no, no. to that. Okay. There's a lot of. In fact, if you look at that movie, the casting is incredible. The directors are. I mean, there's so much good in that movie that it's amazing how it sucked so badly. How bad it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I don't blame him on that. But look, his his resume, which is very limited to you know four movies, really four or five movies, as director. Uh, but, you know, he was just the right guy for this part. And, and again, th this goes back to, like, Marvel knowing how to cast directors and actors and do it almost, almost a, an amazing job of picking just the right person every time. Very seldom have they failed at finding the right guy for these type of, you know, films. I mean, even when you, when they hired Joss Whedon to do uh, The Avengers, everybody's like, holy shit, that's perfect. Even, even when I thought they would, even when they got that dude that directed Ellen, the, the Ellen show to do Ant-Man after, um, what's right. his name left? I was like, dude, that's going to fall on his face. But no, dude, Ant-Man no. came out. It's one of my favorite MCU movies. Yeah, the guy I mean, so, yeah. So, I mean, they, they've got that, you know, going for them. And uh, going forward, I trust that, you know, any of the Marvel movies now coming out. Because I know for a fact that, you know, they're going to do, you know, right by 
the characters right by the stories and right. Well, by the Joss characters. Whedon is yeah. with DC now, so y'all could just well. It, yeah, well, this is this goes back to DC copying everything that Marvel does to try to like you know gain. No, they don't way. copy everything Marvel does. No, but they, the they do. They, That's they, the they, criticism. Zod, they don't. No, Zod, 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 Here's the thing. This is where you're wrong. They both copy each other. They, yeah, this they has have. Been going for, on. For this has been going on since the beginning of time. Okay, yeah, Marvel no. and DC are constantly copying each other. What works for they one, take turns. the other one copies they take it. Turns, but exactly. Yeah, since Josh Whedon did great for the Avengers and he did phenomenal for that, D, you know, DC saw that and they're like, "Well, let's try to recruit him now that he's no longer doing Avengers and bring him over to see what he can do for us." And that's Plus, it, it's not it's not bitching as a as a fan. I wish him well and I hope he nails you know Batman or Superman whatever he or the uh, Justice League whatever he's reshooting. And then if he goes out and, and does another uh, Justice League movie, whatever he does. I hope he does great because I want it to succeed. I want these movies to be good. That's not the point. Yeah. But the point if is, movies, both companies DC copy movies, off each other. That's the truth. That's just a fact. If DC movies keep failing, that means that the, the entire run of comic book movies is going to be cut short. If one half of big two can't get their shit in gear, then we're not going to get image movies. We're not going to get Dark Horse movies. Correct. We're not going to get to the cool stuff because people are going to be like, well, fuck, they can't get Batman right. Then why would we want to watch um, Harrow County or one of the exactly. other smaller books that are amazing? And another thing is Whedon's really kind of bitter at Kevin Feige because of mm-hmm. the whole thing about um, Avengers 2. He... He made this movie that he thought was wonderful. They thought it was way too long. They made him cut the shit out of it, and they left not on the best terms. So him going over and begging Zack Snyder to um, let him finish this movie because Zack's in a bad place, I I I see it as him kind of trying to be like, well, look at me now. But um, I I agree with Jackal, though. I really hope this doesn't blow up in his face, and I really hope DC can get their shit together because they have – so many characters that I would love to see in live action, and we won't if they can't get Batman and Superman, right? And that's kind of funny tie into our list because our top ten list tonight is ten characters from Marvel and DC that have never been shown in live action yet that we all really want to see. So, yeah, I mean, that kind of... Hour. Yeah, I'll be in the second hour, but yeah, I mean, like my point there just completely ties into that. Whedon, I really hope he steps up. I really hope... Because from what I understand, from what I've read, this is kind of the third time they're having to reshoot the first Justice League movie with him coming in. So um, it's 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 pick up what shots. I heard. It's not yeah. It's not it's not it's not complete pick reshoot, up yeah. shots. Pick up shots, and there's a couple of scenes that they're adding to the movie that weren't shot originally, which uh, Zack Snyder had written out to like you know kind of uh, blend the movie better. Because this is the third time they're having to do that, though. This is the third time they're having to. That's never a good sign. Like one time, maybe no, twice. No, that's not. Yeah but, you, you, yeah, but you, yeah, but you understand when this movie first started production, they had just released Batman vs Superman, and part of what happened with that movie, since it failed so badly to you know ignite interest, and it just didn't do as well as they expected at the box office, that's when the first rewrite started happening. So when they were done shooting, they had to go back and shoot some other stuff that they had just rewritten because of the effect of Batman vs Superman, and then stuff happened where uh, they had to reshoot some more stuff, and then Zack Snyder lost his daughter, and now they, you know, they're yeah. really, you know, rewritings for more stuff they had to reshoot, and uh, that's where they're going to bring Joss Whedon because you know, Zack Snyder just can't be a part of it because of what's going on with his family. Uh, but yeah, that, that's troubling to any any film. I mean, reshoots happen once, maybe twice. But we're talking about a third time that you're reshooting or creating new scenes. That means there's something that wasn't really gelling right with the first script or the first thing you went with. And normally a movie, when when it's a green light picture, that means the first script is pretty tight, right? So what this, what this is telling me is that they greenlit this movie without a, a very tight script. 
Their desire well, is Batman. Then, it's, 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 a, it's a sequel to Batman and Superman. Let's just go for it. It's Justice League. I think that, automatically. I, I think them bringing. I think them bringing in another big name director too. I think we're going to probably get more than just a little bit reshot too. I think that Whedon's going to want to put a little more of his mark on this because it's going to have his name. And I would also like because we've kind of danced around the bush. I would really like to, to give my deepest condolences to Zack Snyder at this time. What happened to you, brother? That's terrible. Mm-hmm. I, I am a fan of yours. I didn't like your last two movies too much, but nobody should have to go through that. And um. Just know we're all out here with you. Even if we kind of criticize you a little bit, man, we, we appreciate what you do. And I know you're never going to hear this, but it makes me feel better to say it. I mean, I'm not a, a fan of his work uh, outside of a couple of films. I'm not going to just start, you know, sucking on his ass because you know yeah. he's going through tragedy. I'm going to keep it real 100% every time. But, uh, you know, what he's going through is just its horrific. I mean, to lose your daughter and uh, be it suicide or murder or whatever it is, uh, you know, my my heart goes out to him because it's really just a, a terrible thing for any parent to have to bury their child. I mean, that's just the worst uh, thing that you can go through as a parent. So, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 a tragedy no matter what way you want to slice it up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, again, my condolences to him and his family. But uh, be that as it may, uh, you know, this movie itself, uh, it, it's you know, if you looked at the last two movies and you didn't like the last two films uh, in this entry. And you're looking at this movie now with the production trouble that it's had, you know, outside of this, you know, latest thing with Zack Snyder, but the reshoots and all that stuff, it's a little troubling. It's a little troubling. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. I'm, yeah. I'm a little troubled going into the, you know, Justice League. I'm a little worried that it's not going to be as good as it should be. And, I mean, it's, look, this is the Justice League of America. This should be an epic movie. It really I mean, should be. No reason. And, and the, I agree. I think, I, I think the trailers and the teasers for it so far have been great, though. To tell you the truth, I, I'm actually pretty ty- I'm pretty pumped for it. I'm really excited for all the good, positive stuff coming out of Wonder Woman recently. I've been looking forward to that movie for a while. So I'm really kind of hoping the DC train really starts going now. Um, I hate to say it, but Ezra from Rebels looks pretty good as the Flash in what I've seen. So I'm looking forward to even him now. So. I think I'm worried well, about still is Henry Cavill showing back up from the dead at the end of Justice League, which is going to well, ruin the anybody, film. Well, here's the, well, here's the thing. Any, anybody who listens to this show and know, or listens to the Zod Rider show knows how much of a huge, huge fan I am of Zack oh, Snyder. Yeah. You just got your your Henry Cavill $75 dolly. I saw you. I just got my Henry Cavill Cavill dolly. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and and remember, he owns the Barbie dolls also for Batman. No, I don't have those. (laughs) Don't lie. You know, you got got him in the room in the back. back (laughs) He's got got the You sleep with your Batman Barbie doll every night. Don't lie. Point. But here's the thing, though. You know, yeah, as far as the tragedy goes, that is so horrible. And, you know, Zack Snyder has my condolences as well i just i feel like i feel like he's he's a great filmmaker and hopefully whatever he's done for justice league uh, apparently they're saying his vision is going to be followed uh regardless uh, of what joss whedon does so apparently joss whedon was on board with uh justice league even before this happened Uh, that's what they're saying so i'm not expecting this to be like a huge how much you know, reshoot. You know, I don't expect this to be like a lot of reshoots. This is really a couple right, but of, like, see, the point scenes. is, uh, Joss Whedon was involved in it creatively earlier on, anyway. So that's right. a good thing. So that means that you know, Joss Whedon has a hand in Justice League, right, which right, I think right. is a good thing because he's proven that he can make a very, a very successful team up franchise because of what he did with 
the Avengers. So he, he, I think he's the right guy to have brought in in this situation. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, I wish I just, Avengers 2 was better. I like the Avengers 2. I, 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 I maybe one of the few that actually liked Avengers 2 more than uh, the first one. Oh, Harrison. I thought Age of Ultron was a great movie. Uh, you know, but that's, again, that's, it, it, it's subject to interpretation. You know, everybody has their own opinion and likes and dislikes, so. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. But here, here's the thing. I also like when they change directors every few movies and give somebody else a chance to give their input. So I'm happy the Russo brothers are now in charge of the next Avengers movie. And they're going to do probably like two and then move on to something else. I like that. Well, I don't want to keep one director for I, I, five I ho- movies. I hope they, you know? I hope they do better than they did with Civil War because they really did. They, they blew my mind with Winter Soldier and then their, their follow up was just so piddle, man. Like, you're, you're the it wasn't for Ant-Man. <laughs> you're, a deep, deep, you're a deep minority on that one because most of the fans love Civil War. I, I, I think Civil War is one well, of the I, mean, I remember, I remember Johnny, Johnny didn't initially really care all that much for the uh, Civil War storyline in the first place when it was comic right. books. So it, it's not surprising you know, that Johnny really doesn't like the film. It's... Every yeah. time I watch it, I, I like it less and less, man. The way that they, they have Iron Man act in it, it, it it's infuriating. I wish they would have had him the way he was in the he comic was, book. It would have been was, better. He acted than, perfectly. He, he, what do you mean? Mommy. He was worse than goddamn no way, Batman. Dude, dude yeah. hold on, 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 hold on. Uh, Johnny, chill out for a second, hold on, because now you're acting like an idiot. Let me, let me, let me screw you for a second, but hold on, before you, you run off of the lip here. In the movie, he acted like Tony Stark's acting in every one of the other Avengers Iron Man movies. I mean, his characterization was exactly the same as he depicted in the other movies. The moment he finds out the Winter Soldier killed his parents is almost identical to the moment in Guardians of the Galaxy that Peter finds out that Eagle killed his mom. That moment he flips out and he goes buckshit crazy. And you are going to tell me that you would not flip out also if you found out that this dude killed your mom. How he found dad. out is retarded. Jekyll, how many dirt roads do you it know? It doesn't matter how you find how you found out. It doesn't it doesn't matter how you found out. Video it does, cameras it doesn't matter. Listen, listen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you find out. That's part of the storyline. And you know what? There's a lot of roads out there that have hidden cameras. You just don't know about it, Johnny. Yeah. But but dude, it's he got exactly. killed in the but, early nineties. Like, have you ever seen a convenience store camera? That they are not in color. They don't have sound, and you can never make out. Okay, features. in a world featuring Iron Man, <laughs> on the, in a world featuring Iron Man, Captain America, Red Skull, and all these superheroes, that's the one thing you can't suspend your disbelief on. The fucking camera, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out, John. You know, just, 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 just enough. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. That's bullshit. That is that, no, that's bullshit. That, that is bull. That is Johnny. Out of all the shit in three or four years we've been doing this show together, that is the most ignorant shit you've ever said in your entire fucking life. You know that? That is the dumbest shit ever said on this show, ever. Out of all the things in a superhero movie, the one thing you have a problem with is the cameras capturing an event. You have no problem. My biggest problem in BVS is the damn hero cake, sp- hero cake speech that Kevin Costner gave his kid in a dream sequence. That was fine, but me having a problem with actual CTV. Because the stupid dream sequence that means nothing in a fucking movie. But this it's a, this it's is a dream sequence, and, I, and and that and the problem with me wasn't that they had you know a dream sequence. It, it, it meant nothing to the rest of the movie. 
It was stupidly placed. Well, now, but that doesn't, like, but that, but that one scene, but Johnny, well, that like, one scene, but that like, one scene didn't, didn't, didn't deter me from enjoying the movie. The rest of the movie being shit is what deterred me from enjoying Batman vs. Superman. Not that one scene. I don't give a fuck about that one scene. It was the rest of the piece of shit movie that deterred me. Let, let, let me defend myself. I'm not saying that the one CTV camera scene is the one thing that deterred me from the movie. Another thing is they crammed Spider-Man, who didn't even need to be in the movie, in there when there was already too much screen time taken away from That was fan service to get Spider-Man in there, fool. That was fan service to get Spider-Man in there. They just signed up Sony to bring him into the Marvel Universe. You give him a, you give him a, a, you give him a five-minute cameo in there. You show him off. It is awesome. Spider-Man was great in the sequence. It was a, it was an all-out civil war between superheroes. They were just trying to even the odds, man. That's all it was. So they bring Spider-Man in. They had Black fucking Panther. That even the odds. Black Panther was in the middle. He didn't want to even fight in that stupid civil war. Dude, look at the movie was exactly. already torn up. Yeah, you, like, you got to see the movie again because you don't know. You just don't know what you're talking about, Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, you have no, you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're talking about. You have no clue what you're saying at all. I know what I'm saying. None. None. On this the movie, movie is called, you, none. It's called Captain America: Civil War. It's already half about Iron Man. They champ Spider-Man in there just for fan service, like you say, just to appease Sony and have the. Uh, Whatever, but like, let's see. Black Panther is an actual interesting character. They could have developed him more, but no, they had to shove Spider-Man in there. Ant-Man, who's really Spider-Man cool, was in the movie for of- five minutes in the in the airport sequence, and the only reason they put him in there is so they could tie him in. So when you see Iron Man later interacting with him in his own solo movie, you're like, why the fuck is Iron Man in the Spider-Man movie? Now you yeah, understand they, they, why they, he's in there, they, and they don't have to spend time explaining why he's there. You just automatically know why he's there. It's a perfect setup to the next Spider-Man movie, dude. That's all that is. That, that, Makes Why explain it in all a it Spider-Man is. movie when you can shove it in the middle of a Captain America movie? Great Correct. fucking point, dude. Honestly, yeah, yes. like, it was that, great that's sequence. solid right there. It was a great sequence in the airport. Great sequence. Yeah, no. If it wasn't for Ant-Man, that whole sequence would have been awful. Like, the giant man thing is what made it watchable. Dude, his Star Wars references alone in the movie were worth... You guys remember that? Old movie Star Wars, like a really ner- real nerd's gonna say that really old Star Wars movie where that walkie thing falls down. He didn't even know it was called a fucking walker. Those were. He's great a Star teenager. Teenagers don't know all the names. Head. He probably just saw Star Wars the week before. Whatever. He's a kid. Whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Making I, I, a yeah, joke, was a real which is what Spider-Man right does in the all, comics. That's all in the comics, Spider-Man tells jokes. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Yeah, no, and they were funny too. They, I'm still in stitches over them. What about you, Zog? Yeah, you laughing apparently. about that, those great Star Wars jokes from Spider-Man? Oh, yeah, those are great. Yeah, they're hysterical. I don't... I gave... I, the movie's still like a 7 out of 10. I just don't think it's fucking wonderful. It, 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 it's well, fine. Well, that's fine, but you know what? You're in a minority. That's it. Enjoy being a minority. I at, I said that when you were said it originally. I just was making my points, which you didn't let me yeah, make. Yeah, but, you're, you're, but so. your point, again, with the camera is ridiculous. It makes sense, dude. See, go no, into a community store and look at That makes absolutely no sense. We live in 2017. No That's like 30 years after when they, Tony Stark's parents It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. None. Yeah, no, my, my point makes no sense. I got you. None. None. I got you. Absolutely none. Yeah, no. No, no. You know, you know what makes even less sense? The fact that the Fast and the Furious 8 made a billion dollars. That makes no sense. How the fuck does that happen? And I'm a fan of those movies and I still can't believe that shit. 
How the hell does that make a billion dollars? Holy shit. By the way, guys, we're going to go in and uh, hit commercial in a few minutes. But before we do that, uh, let's give the audience a top ten list of the weekend for the box office results. And, of course, we have our own top ten list at the end of the show, which uh, this week again, Johnny, what is it? It is our top ten favorite Marvel and DC characters that we have not seen at all in live action yet. Not on TV, not in movies. So this is going to be really fun. You're going to get to see, like, some really cool lists here at the end of the show. So, rad. Yep. Here we go. And now uh, the top ten box office results, and this is directly from boxofficereport.com. Shout-outs again to Daniel Garris, good buddy over there at Box Office Report. And uh, let's see, top ten now this week. Number ten, Beauty and the Beast, brought in $1.5 million. And uh, I still haven't seen it. You guys seen Beauty and the Beast at all? No. No, right? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. it's pretty good. It, it's kind of surreal. I don't know. I, I, I've seen the cartoon, but like seeing it in live action, it's it's really weird. It's like Twin Peaks weird. At least yeah. I was hot. Yeah, that but, came back too, by the way. Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah no, I was, it, I was watching that the other day, and I, I just I couldn't sit through the whole thing. Uh, by the way, guys, we have a caller on the line. Uh, caller, just uh, give us a couple of minutes. We're going to go through our box office results, and then we'll take calls uh, during the second hour here and, uh, in a few minutes. Uh, number nine on the list, The Boss Baby. Which is getting a sequel. Uh, it's Which good. I finally saw all the way through the other day. And is it getting a sequel? Did the Green Lady sequel for it already? Yeah, and Alec Baldwin's returning. I was just reading about that before the show. Well, it, I mean, it deserves a sequel. It made $168 million domestically and like 476 worldwide. So a huge box office uh, draw of that movie, Boss Baby. And uh, I saw it. It was really funny. I mean, uh, for a little cartoon, you know, kids' movie, it was a really funny movie. Uh, number eight this week, King Arthur's The Legend of the Sword. Be three point two million uh, for the weekend. I haven't seen that either myself. It's a Warner Brothers release. Uh, it's brought in uh, thirty three million worldwide. I mean thirty three million domestically, I should say, in hundred and nineteen million worldwide. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's directed by Guy Ritchie. It's flopping really bad, but I still really Real want bad. to see it. I think it looks yeah. rad. Yeah, it is flopping pretty bad. Number seven, Snatched, with three point nine million. That's a movie that I'll never watch because I will never support Amy Schumer. Oh, that's that movie. Okay, yeah. It's yeah, a movie that came yeah. out for Mother's Day. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> it's bombing, and that's where it belongs. It'll bomb. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Uh, number six, a Diary, of a, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, with $4.4 million. Uh That's actually, uh, uh, yeah, I, I like the first one. I never saw the uh, rest of them, the Diary of a Wimpy Kid. This is like the fourth one, right? This is like the yeah, fourth like one? The f- third or fourth one, something like that. It's uh, 13 million domestically, about 16 million worldwide on the uh, production budget of 22 million. So it's uh, it's gonna probably flop. I mean, it needs to make about 44 million to break even. So it's definitely gonna be somewhere in the flop zone. So I don't know if they're gonna make another one, but uh, maybe they should stop at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, like not everything needs to like be Harry Potter. Seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, let me see, number five this week, Everything, Everything, uh, which I think is uh, on its third week. Uh, I haven't seen that either, but it's 6.1 million for the weekend. Uh, let's see, it stars uh, Nick Robinson, never heard of him. And uh, it's uh, brought in a total of 21 million domestically on a $10 million budget. So it's broken even, but it's a uh, small independent movie. I've never heard of it. I don't know if you guys have seen it at all. Or it's broken even, then, it, then it's a hit in its own right in, in that yeah. type of field if it's an indie film, so. Yeah, it's uh, not too bad. Uh, number four, the movie we were, t- we were talking about earlier, which uh, looks like Flop Zone, Alien Covenant. Oh, really? Uh, I wow. mean, the movie cost $97 million to make. It needs to make about $200 million to break even. 
Uh, right now, it's, it's sitting at 57 domestically total. It brought in 10 million this weekend, so it's dropping really quick. Overall, it's about 158 worldwide, so it looks like it's going to be in the flop zone. I don't think it's uh, going to break even. I don't make its money when it comes out on uh, um, Blu-ray and digital. Maybe. I mean, Prometheus broke even in, in theaters, so made profit too. But it was a better movie, so that. Well, there you go. Baywatch uh, opened up at number three this week with eighteen million dollars uh, for the weekend, and uh, that of course stars The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and uh, that brought in uh, twenty-two million. Like I said, on a sixty-nine million dollar budget, it's a uh, grand total worldwide is twenty-three million, but it's opening up this weekend, so it still has, it has a little bit of time to uh, you know do its uh, its numbers. But I don't think this is going to make a whole lot of money either. I think it's, it's got the horrible fun, so. word of mouth. He's already cussing yeah. at um. Bad critics, from what I heard, he's like attacking critics for giving the movie bad reviews. So, well, honestly, the rock, well. look, the rock is spreading himself pretty thin. I mean, he doesn't need to be in every movie ever made. And honestly, Baywatch, who the hell needed a Baywatch movie, really? Zach Efron, same people that needed the Chips movie. Exactly, nobody needed that shit either. Because that flopped also. Ex- exactly. Number two of the list, and we talked about it earlier, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Second, uh, it was two last week, it was two this week again, and uh, about in $19.8 million this weekend, and already it's uh, surpassed the first movie at the box office with $333 million domestically and about 450 foreign, so $783 million worldwide on a $200 million budget. That movie broke even a long time ago, and it's still... Uh, bringing in tons of profit for Marvel. So another major hit for Marvel Universe uh, and MCU movies. Number one on the list here, we spoke about it earlier again, the Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, with uh, $62 million. Looks good on the surface. We have to see if it has any legs and it actually stays uh, steady because it has a $230 million production budget. That means this movie has to make upwards of about $500 million just to break even. Good luck on that shit. Um, it, it might do it, you know, on a foreign market, but I don't think domestically it's going to do too well. So, uh, let's see what it does on the foreign box office. Uh, Johnny Depp might as run his course here in America, but it's doing decently in foreign. They brought in 208 billion for the weekend. So, uh, that's uh, box office results for the weekend of, uh, May 28th, 2017. And we're going to go to break now and come back in a few minutes and uh, have more conversation and more news. Maybe I'll get mad at Johnny a little bit more and yell at him a little bit, <laughs> a little bit later. That'd be fun. It's always uh, fun. It's always fun. Now, if you guys want to call in, open lines are going to be uh, in a few minutes. So call in 786 245 8127. This is the Roundtable Show. As always, we shall return in a few minutes. Stick around. down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go talk stream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from talk stream live now available in the itunes app store 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954 That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. The George Rodriguez show i said the george rodriguez show you don't know george rodriguez wasn't he the guy that filled in for neil rogers yes that george rodriguez what's he like oh he's a short little cuban fella kind of funny looking well when's he on 12 to 3 monday wednesday and friday on soflowradio.com and soflowradio.net the george rodriguez show is much more than adequate Here's a riddle for you. What do the California gold rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Everybody, we're back on the roundtable show right here live on PSN-radio.com. Again, if you guys want to call in and give me shit for my opinions, please do so right now. Open line 786-245-8127. You can look us up on Skype on PSN Radio or Soup Media Network, whichever one would find us easy. Uh, go ahead and call in. We had a caller that uh, we, we lost connection with uh, during the break here, and he was giving me shit because I don't think that's a big deal with the whole thing with the cameras. I just didn't think it was a big deal in, in the movie Civil War. And uh, he's giving me shit over it. Hey, if you want to call in and give me shit live on air, by all means, go ahead and do so. Until then, Johnny, what else do we have to talk about in the uh, roundtable here? 
Uh, well, we got a lot of really cool X-Men news. Like, uh, they've um, kind of announced that they're going to be doing that um, New Mutants movie, and they're saying that it's going to pretty much be a straight-up horror film, but with mutants in it. And that, that sounds pretty rad, because if you've read the comics, it, it, they're actually, like, they're really troubled mutants. And, like, especially, like, the character Wolfsbane, whose dad's, like, this priest. He, like, beat the hell out of her, and she's, like, a werewolf. So, like, I'm kind of really happy to hear this news. And there's also a character called Magic. She's Colossus's little sister and um, she can open portals to other dimensions and basically she's a mutant that also uses magic so th- this is like a really good news for um, this type of character especially if you're a fan of the new mutants that they're going to be taking kind of a more horror um, take with this film there's no directors, there's no real news yet that's just kind of the thing they're, um, they've come out with two of the actresses like the girl who plays Arya in Game of Thrones is going to be Wolfsbane which she's a good little actress and um she play, she's British, but I think she can do Irish accent probably pretty good. I haven't heard her do one, though. And I forget who they got to play Magic, but she's like a little cutie. So um, I'm already looking, really looking forward to this new Mutants movie after Logan and um, how the new X-Men stuff looks on TV. Like Legion was great, and that Gifted show looks rad. So I'm thinking that Fox is finally kind of starting to get how to do the X-Men right. Um, I was wondering if you guys had heard anything about that, have anything to chime in with? Zod? Nope. <laughs> okay, super duper. All right. Um, as, as far as X Men, you know, look, Fox. Uh, I think they need to let go of X Men and then let X Men go back home to uh, Marvel. But uh, I haven't been a fan of what they've done with X Men really for the most part. Uh, the only movies that I've liked was the Wolverine movies. Dude, that's the um, only thing they're making any money off of, and yeah. Wolverine is part of their X Men, so they're not gonna let that yeah, go. Yeah, but the thing, with with Hugh Jackman now, you know, moving for, moving on from Wolverine, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna have the same kind of success because even even with Hugh Jackman, it's not like Wolverine was a, a you know a billion dollar franchise. I mean, they they made their money, but it wasn't like a huge. Uh, you know, franchise that it made like say four hundred million dollars domestically, seven hundred million, you know, foreign. It's not one of those franchises. It's a it's a very nice franchise. It's a, it's a moderate hit franchise, uh, but it's not Guardians of the Galaxy big. Well, I mean, box but, but what you're talking about, it might not be too far off because if you remember, the, um, Fox doesn't have the rights to do um x-men on tv so they've gotten together with marvel these tv shows are being done in cooperation with marvel television productions um they're bringing in people that like work on the netflix shows and stuff to do it so there there had to have been some kind of really cool talk between marvel and fox i hope so uh, marvel's not come out marvel's not come out and said what they've gotten yet but they've had Mm -hmm. to have gotten something from them and um that's going to be neat when we find out what that is i mean i don't yeah i completely understand but here's the thing you know with Marvel and DC, I mean, not Marvel and DC, with Marvel and Fox, there's always been this animosity for the last few years, at least for the last five or six years. Uh, there's been really a big animosity between the two of them because of Star Wars, believe it or not, and Lucasfilms, uh, because of them selling the rights to Disney. Uh, Fox got pissed at that because Fox had been the distributor for Star Wars for years and Indiana Jones and a bunch of the different properties that Lucas would put out. And now they're missing out on all this money. And that's one of the reasons why they're not giving back Fantastic Four. One, you know, one of the reasons why they're holding on to the X-Men universe, you know, as tightly as they are. And they're refusing to, like, go and play with uh, the Marvel universe. So, yeah, as far as the TV aspect goes, if they don't have rights to it, I mean, then 
really Marvel can do whatever they want on TV. It doesn't really matter if it ties in or not. Uh, but but these these shows are on Fox networks, and they're being made with Fox and Marvel hand in hand. So there's cooperation going on. That's the interesting interesting part. That is the interesting part, though. They are cooperating finally on something. And, I mean, we would hope as fans that this would lead to, like, maybe uh, Marvel getting Fantastic Four back and maybe getting... At least Dr. Doom. At least Dr. Doom or some of the aliens from um, Fantastic Four. Reed Richards. We need Reed Richards. Well, Silver Surfer and Galactus. That's really what I want to see back Marvel can't use use the Scrolls. They can't use Kang the Conqueror. They can't use so many of the great villains because they are tied to the Fantastic Four. But the Fantastic Four can't really use them because they only really fight those villains really well when they cross Mm -hmm. over with other superheroes like the Fantastic Four is known to do. And... Fox has got no access to these characters. I mean, some of the greatest Fantastic Four stories didn't have the characters we know. Like, She-Hulk was a Fantastic Four character for a long time. Black Panther was. Like, so these characters that are integral to um, Fantastic Four and their success are, are not at their disposal at all. And it's kind of tragic. So, like, I really hope that they can at least get on that page and maybe um, actually have the Fantastic Four on, like, television, like we've talked about so many times, because that that would be the perfect marvel superhero show it would put it would be as good as all those arrowverse shows that all the dc fanboys cloud about and talk about how marvel has nothing that good it put all those to shame if they did it right it yeah. really would so let's see let's uh let's hope they're uh you know finally playing together and playing nice okay and another news patty jenkins says wonder woman does not have a single deleted scene so the film that we're going to see in theaters is the director's cut, and there's nothing left on the floor. Do you guys believe that? Do you guys think that's cool? Um, yeah, that's good news. I think. I mean, the only way that could happen, the only way that could happen, though, is the script going in was super tight. Like, you know, probably was. Or either that, or she just really wants to keep her job because, like David Ayer, he he's you know he's a hardcore dude. He makes these hard films, and he came out of the side of. Um, when Suicide Squad came out and said, like, you know, yeah, that's the film I shot. That, that, that's my movie. You know, he didn't try to be like, no, they, they, they hired a shit trailer company and they cut my movie to pieces and I hate it. He played ball and maybe that's what Patty Jenkins is doing. But at least um, from what I hear, like, they're not telling the critics they can't review the film before it comes out. Like Suicide Squad, it's getting positive um, reviews, uh, early reviews coming out of it. So I think that this might be what we need to actually have DC pick up a little traction and get get their ball rolling, hopefully to carry so Justice League can grab it and carry on. I'm, I'm really hoping for that, personally. I can't wait. I'm going to go see it on uh, Friday, June the 2nd, this, uh, opening Evening, yeah, definitely. Or if there's like a Thursday showing, I'll go whatever. They're probably oh, Thursday showing. Did you guys see Gal and uh, Linda Carter at the premiere together? That that was pretty cool too. I like I like seeing the two Wonder Women hanging out. I thought that was pretty neat little. little pretty, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yep. You got nothing nice to say about it, Jackal? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually reading some comments here because. Uh, uh, we're supposed to be joined by uh, a friend from overseas, Mr. Jassim, and he hasn't uh, skipped in yet. I was just chatting him real quick. Uh, he's a listener from Kuwait. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's a pretty rad dude. Did you guys see the um, the, the Last Jedi posters for Vanity Fair? I mean, not, um, covers for Vanity Fair? They were, they're all pretty rad, huh? I thought that that, that was a neat little Wonderful. thing to kind of get a, yeah. get, a, get a kind of first look. I mean, like, it, just the characters we already know, but, you know, it's 
pretty rad. I thought that was a neat little bit of news that came out this week. Oh, and of course, last week we didn't get to talk about it, and I figured we could kill a lot of time with this one. Tom Hardy signed on to um, play in Sony's new, hey, watch us fuck this up so bad, not even Marvel will want to touch it afterwards, <laughs> a.k.a. Venom. Um, yeah, ah. I heard about that. Is he playing I Eddie think, Brock, though, or who, which, who, which Venom is he playing? Like, I heard he's playing Agent Venom. Is he going to be playing Venom? Flash Thompson? Is he going to be playing the Flash Thompson Venom? That would be great, dude. Like, if they actually are smart for once, and I know I, I'm slapping myself on the mouth saying Tom Rothman, Sony Pictures, smart, but if they get him to play the Flash Thompson Agent Venom, that would be so rad. I mean, the Eddie Brock stuff was cool, but when Reminder was writing that book, and, oh, man, just the feeling and the emotion that – um. Eddie Brock had, and especially how he changed the Venom suit because he was such a Spider-Man fan. And when he came back from the war without his feet and um, they were able to give him the symbiote, he actually was able to make the damn symbiote like Peter Parker and stuff again because Eddie Brock was such a fan and thought so highly of him. It, it, it was a really neat, a really different take of the book and kind of one of the best ways I've ever seen them take a villain character and make him truly heroic. So if they do that... It could be kind of weird to introduce that version of the character right off the bat, though. It's the only thing I'm thinking of. What do you think, Zod? I'd like to see it. I, I definitely I think that would be the best way to go, especially since the last Venom we got was Topher Grace. So. <laughs> by the way, guys, we are joined uh, no. by uh, our friends from overseas, Jasim. What's up, buddy? It's not Jasim, it's Jasim. Yeah, Jasim. It was close oh. enough. Jasim, Jasim. Okay, okay. Potato, uh, potato. We all grew up hooked on phonics, man. We we we, we read phonetically. I grew up on Ebonics, so it's all good, bro. Uh, <laughs> all right. Now oh you sound God. like you're, you sound like you're you're on a cave in Kuwait, or where are you at? Because you sound like you're in a cave or in a bathroom. Are you in the bathroom, man? <laughs> I'm actually using my headset. Oh, well, your awesome. headset's not being picked up by your computer. <laughs> you got oh, really shit. Cool. Uh, you got some echo the... going on there, bro. Yeah, you might want to go and check your settings because you're still you're, you're coming in through your uh, computer mic. Crap. Well, uh, That's what it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, anyways, so what are we discussing? Well, first we got to get your sound fixed. We can't go forward without getting that fixed. So uh, you are, you're on Skype. Go to uh, where it says call on the very top of your Skype. Drop that down. Oh. It says audio setting. Well, I, don't, I don't see it. I'm using a Mac, by the way. Oh, well, goddamn it. Why the fuck do you have to get a, a goddamn piece of shit, man? Uh, alright. You should have call hey, settings in there, audio settings somewhere. Is it, hold on. First, do you have a USB mic or do you have a, a plug mic, like a jack mic? No. No, it's actually a plug mic. It's hooked to my, uh, headset. Oh, boy. Tap on the very tip of your microphone with your finger. Uh, oh, oh, crap. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. Yeah, it's not working, dude. Yeah, yeah. And this actually has a feature where I can. Okay, I'm bas- I'm basically raising the volume of my mic. So no, no, no. That's is not this good? No, you're not. This is good. You don't get what's going on here. You're coming in through your computer microphone, not your headset microphone. Until you fix that on your settings, you're gonna sound like you're taking a crap in the toilet somewhere in Afghanistan. So you need to fix this. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll uh, I'll find a way to fix this. You have to go to, you gotta, again, pay attention to what I'm saying. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Go to audio right. settings in your call settings, right? Audio right, settings, audio and in your microphone and speakers, make sure they're pointing to the right thing. 
Okay, right hand. Which should be, which should there be we go. Is that good? He's done absolutely good? nothing. You've done nothing. Crap. I actually did. This is good? Nope. This is better? Nope. Is this better? Nope. <sighs> okay, is this good? Nope. Not even close. Alright, so you get that fixed. We gotta let you go, bro, because we gotta have like an actual show that sounds like we're not on Block Talk Radio. Alright, alright. I'll, I'll be right back. Give us your fix that... for next week. Yeah. Alright, is that good? No, no, it still sounds like shit. It sounds like you're, literally right now you're pushing one out and it's probably gonna be a bleeder. That's what it sounds like. Well, shit, uh, okay, I'm That's gonna, what it sounds like you're fix. doing. That's exactly what it sounds like you're doing with that really shit. Alright, alright. It sounds okay, like you're in a well go. and somebody's like standing over you saying, it puts the lotion on the skin or gets the hose again. <laughs> alright, I'll uh, try and fix this uh, mic and then uh, I'll be right back. It's the best mic I can find. Well, yeah, but uh, I, I, I think I linked you a better one. That's a USB one and those work a lot better for Skype. Okay. I think Skype has issues with those jack mics, a little like jack plugins. They usually don't work too well, so. Oh, but you, know, okay. you should have just gotten the one I told you. But no, you got to go and get the one you want because you know nobody listens to me. What do I know? All right, I'll be right back. All right, you do that. Nobody listens to Jackal. You know, Jackal just knows what he's talking. I've only been doing this for almost ten years. That's all. You know, like so when I say, "Hey, yeah, you can join in," you know, get this headset. It's usually for a reason. Is that a new like, kid on the block poster again? I think he might. I don't know if he has one or not. But uh, you know, like like I said, you know, like you know, the, if you and new kids, you're driving me crazy with this new kids on the block. Show, by the way. <laughs> like, new kids on the block had a lot you're, of kids. You're about to say when when Jordan Knight comes on the Zod Rider show, you could be the co-host for real. Oh, dude, he, love he was that. actually really funny. He he was on an episode of Psych. Man, he actually did the ride stuff dance with Sean and Gus. Man, it was hilarious. I love that. The show. fact that you know that is utterly disturbing. I want to get them. All, I want to get. I want to get them all <laughs> in studio. We'll have a we'll have have a sing and acapella, and you can. He's the only one. Them. He's the only one besides like. The Monkey Boy, Danny, and Donnie Wahlberg. Hey, hey, Danny's my homie, man. I met him at Toys R Us. We had a moment together. You helped him buy a Cabbage Patch doll. You're hard. We had a moment together when I asked him, hey, did you go to Coral Park High School? He's like, nah, man, I'm not from around here. And I was like, are you sure? Because I went to Coral Park, and you look utterly familiar to me. Man, I I felt so stupid when he told me, nah, actually, I was touring the world at that point, you know, making millions of girls happy. The dude could totally play Caesar in a Planet of the Apes movie with very little makeup, bro. That's all that I'm is, saying. Unfortunately, that is true, but that's fucked up to say. That's really just... <laughs> hey, he's white. I can't get in trouble for saying that about another white person, right? I'm, I'm white. He's white. We can say that shit. It's how it works. That's how racism works in America now. Yeah, but he married a black, uh, black lady has black kids. I didn't say anything about his kids. That's true story. True story. He's <laughs> dipping in the chocolate. I'm just saying. <laughs> Now you're making it that way. I I, I was keeping it on him, man. And, and it's funny. In fact, when I met him, he had his kid with him, who is you know mulatto, he's a dark skinned kid, is uh, his son. And um, I looked at the kid. I looked at him. He was wearing a wife beater, and he had like tattoos all over his arms and shit. And I'm like, I swear that he looks like somebody from Coral Park. Like I've seen this dude before. It's the weirdest moment of my life. And then he tells me who he is, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me get somebody else to help you out. Hold on, I'm walking away. 
walking away. Your story about when you met John Leg was almost much cooler, bro. That is that was a cool story. Yeah, I mean, like it takes balls <laughs> to go up to somebody when he's taking a piss and be like, "Yeah, hey, uh, so uh, what's up?" That's yeah. takes balls. I did that for real. That was he's a He's a funny bastard too. You guys are you have you seen the movie? I know you don't like Jesse Eisenberg, but the, he's hilarious in the movie um, American Ultra. Man, like John Leguizamo, uh, he's like Jesse Eisenberg's drug dealer in that, and he's got like this like blacklight disco um like strip club in his basement. Yeah. I, he, he's nuts in it, man. He's hilarious. I, seen that, I, I knew you liked Jesse Eisenberg. Johnny, I knew you liked him. I've liked Jesse Eisenberg since the movie Cursed. Man, he's a very funny guy. I like 30 Minutes or Less. I like Zombieland. He, his comedies are great. Him as Lex Luthor? Yes. No. And he is not feeding yes. me a Red Jolly Rancher ever, bro. No, no, ever. Not happening. Not happening. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> Putting Usually, it in an old... Best I'm line. With, I'm with Johnny 100%. I, I, I like some of his other movies. I like Zombieland. I've enjoyed Adventureland. I think he's a serviceable actor. He does good in comedies. He is just not Lex Luthor. He's not ever going to be Lex Luthor. And he looks that is the worst casting in the history of cinema. Is it casting Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, as Lex excuse Luthor. me, guys. Uh, is this better? Is, it, is somebody from the bathroom calling back in? <laughs> look, look I've, I've, I've tried my best, okay? I've run many tests. I've did my best. Look, it's your, your headset. It sucks. Get a USB headset. That's the only way he's going to fix that. Uh, especially a Mac. Mac, you have you have you have things that are not working correctly. You have a Mac, and you have a headset that has a jack. Mac and a jack don't work together. Well, unless 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 you have a magic jack, then you're good. But it's be magic, well, not a Mac. Well, or maybe I uh, put the jack in the wrong hole. That's what she said. No, that's not what she said. No. <laughs> <laughs> because she wouldn't be saying it's the wrong hole. She'd be saying it's the glory hole. Yeah. Okay, but can we at least just ignore this for now and then move on? The, but the thing is, it's like super echoey. It, it comes out really bad in the recording. Well, so like uh, gotta... I, actually, I actually realized uh, what's wrong. It's because uh, apparently I had a filter on the mic no. thing on my head, headset. No, and, no, uh, I no, lost no, 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 that's not it. Again, the microphone on your headset. Tip it, like, do this with your finger. Okay. Go. All right. Do you feel it? See, no, we don't hear shit because you're coming into your computer microphone. Yeah, you're talking to your your um, laptop mic or whatever you got. Yes, man. pay attention to what I'm saying. Go to your audio settings. If it doesn't connect, then you're screwed. You got the wrong headset. But what you need, what you might need to do is go um, into your control panel and set up your microphone and, and, and go through all the steps there and have your actual computer recognize your mic and then try it through Skype. That'll probably work better for you. You got to probably well, Skype has to recognize. Longer, yeah, but Skype has yeah, to recognize I, that uh, I, that audio connection also. Right, it doesn't recognize Skype will, it. Skype will show it in the in the options. Will show the Correct. headset that you have. You have to find your options in the audio uh, settings. Yeah. We keep, that's what we told you earlier. Find your audio settings, and you'll be able to find it in there. If it doesn't work there, then it's just not going to work. Skype. It's it, it, it's probably one of those uh, heads old school headset microphones where you it yep. just has one little plug and it doesn't. It's not USB, so that's half the problem. Exactly. Oh, oh yes, yes. Um, all right, but uh, like right now, it sounds like God is speaking to us from a toilet bowl somewhere in, in <laughs> the Ukraine. <laughs> okay, and we don't um, need that. Sure. We're trying, to, we're trying to have a good sounding show. Like, if you have a question, we'll take the question and we'll answer it, and, and you'll be on your way until next week until you get your headset. All right, all right. Yeah. Just one more question: What are your guys' thoughts on Alien Covenant? 
Oh, we already talked oh, about it. They geez. haven't seen it, and I thought yeah. it was me. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was very disappointing. But, uh, Prometheus was better. Then. Yeah, Prometheus was probably better. I haven't seen it, though. I actually hate Prometheus. I, oh, did you hate Prometheus? Yeah, I haven't seen Alien Covenant either. I um, I want to, though. Oh. Michael oh, Michael Fartbender does a good um, performance. He always does, though. I really like him as the character David. Um, it's really neat to see Who him reprise that Michael role. Fartbender? Michael Fassbender. It's my own nickname for him. I don't like he calling people by their real names. Yeah, he does. He's he's Michael Irish. Michael Fassbender. That's uh, your best nickname. Yeah, but um, all in all, um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't pay to see it again. I, I, I'm kind of upset I paid to see it in the first time. So yeah. Um, well, guys, can we just ignore this? Ignore the mic, the stupid mic, for now, and then move on. Yeah, we'll see exactly <laughs> what we do. We're moving on until you get the mic set up next week. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll holler at you next week, brother. I'm sorry. We're moving on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, shit. Okay. Take it easy, man. Take it easy, yeah. man. Sorry. <laughs> pow pow. Yeah. And I, 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 I hate to be a dick about it, and I, I hope I don't come off as a dick. I like the guy. I hope he, you know he makes it on next week with us. Uh, but again. If I tell yeah. you to get a, a specific headset, it's for a reason. Don't go around and try to like you know right. be cute and the see life, and the life, get something else. The live chat headset will save your life when you're That's on it. air. That's it's twenty bucks, real. man. That's all it is. As much as I miss Sam Cavelli, I don't. We do, our show, own show doesn't need one of somebody just back there going, "Hello, hello, hey, you can know you hear me? Hello, wait, my sandwich and shit." <laughs> <laughs> now, if you were saying shit like "Wait, my sandwich," I might, uh, I might have kept them on the air. You're saying. <laughs> But and no, he's he's a good kid, and I really hope he could join the cast. But yeah, he he <laughs> mumbles uh, Cavelli, Papa. <laughs> oh man, I gotta I gotta try to find some news now. I am completely derailed. Let me. Or do you, did you guys see anything cool? <laughs> I got. I am totally brain farted now. I gotta try to find yeah, something. Yeah, just see. That's what you did this week. You brain farted Johnny Alpha. Good job. I don't yeah. know if it was me or I don't know if it was me or, or just him or a combination of the two of us that made brain fart though. Cause, uh, oh, did you guys did you guys hear about the sequel? Of Return of the Cape Crusader, where they're going to get William Shatner to do the voice of Two Face. How fucking rad is that? Awesome. I love the first one so much, dude. It's going to be so great to see um, Shatner as Two Face because, like, so many of the classic actors were dead, and I was just really amazed by how the voice actors really captured like the sounds of like Bridges Meredith and um, Frank Gorshin and Cesar Romero's voices. I mean, they really sounded like them in that movie. They did a good job. So it's going to be cool to see Shat join. Batman, which was tragically one of the few shows around at that time that he actually wasn't in, so it's going to be cool to finally see him ad- added to it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, definitely. Return of the Cape Crusader, huh? You haven't seen the first Return of the Cape Crusader, man? It's it's an no. animated film that um actually has got um Adam uh, West and Burt Ward doing the voice, and Julie Newmore as Catwoman, dude, oh, dude, the crosswalk scene alone, it had me in tears, brother. Oh, it, it, they just played up the campiness of the old show. There's even a bat dance scene in, in, in the credits. It's it's classic, dude. It, really it was what they, it's what they followed up the, the very disappointing killing joke with, and it really, like, I was really mad at DC Animated there for, like, a week or two, and then Return of the um, Cape Crusader came out, and I was just like, you're forgiven. You're totally forgiven. And then they gave me um, Justice League Dark and then the new Teen Titans movie. So I, I'm totally not mad at DC Animated anymore. They're like totally Yeah, well, anytime, anytime uh, you know, DC Animated could pull that off and then do a do the one of the most controversial Teen Titans stories ever in comics, 
turned into an animated movie, you got to forgive them, man, if you didn't like Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yep. I never read the Judas Contract, the comic, and I heard that it, it, they severely adapted it for the characters that people know from the show, from how the book actually was. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. I, I haven't read much Teen Titans, but the movie was pretty pretty bleak. You know what I mean? It was up there with like some of my favorites, like Gods and Monsters and New Frontier, which are pretty yeah, much two of my fantastic. favorite like movies. So. You don't have a new video game system, right, like PS4 or Xbox One? I, 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 I have an Xbox, I just haven't got Injustice 2 yet. I oh, really you didn't get, get Injustice 2. I, I just wanted to mention that because I got uh, a PS4 uh, yesterday, and I, I've been playing Injustice 2, and I love it. I think it's a fantastic I, game. I don't buy games when they're new anymore. I wait till they're about twenty bucks. It's just as good. My- it's just as good as everybody says it is. That's all. That's all I yeah. could. I could say about that game. It's incredible. There's this. There's this mode on there where you can go into. It's called multiverse. You can go in there and you can have. You can get involved in scenarios that take place in on alternative Earths. It's incredible. And, and do they actually have like Earth two and Earth three versions of the characters? D- in Earth different. 1- yeah. Yeah, they have the different oh, wow. versions. There's even a, there's even a way with uh, you can even go to the uh, Red Sun Earth where Superman's the Russian. Uh, do they is, got do they got the Russian Batman with the with the furry hat and stuff? Yeah, oh, that's my yeah they got all Batman that. Ever. It's all in there in the, in the multiverse. Yeah, it's incredible. How we gotta check that? it out. Yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'll have to pick that up then. Now, yeah, I love game. the first one. Oh man, the first one. Oh. I don't know why they didn't just take the storyline from that and make it a movie because it would have been a great animated film too. Oh that's my god! That's basically how, could, I, that's yeah. how I felt about the first game. It was basically like one of the really best Marvel animated films that you actually got to play the fights. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Also, so love when you played in Batman's level and you could kick the people back to Doomsday and he'd punch them back to you. That was that's so rad. And, here, and here's a here's a little you know a little nugget nugget that people might might not know about, but Robert England, who of course is Freddy Krueger, does the voice for Scarecrow in this game. Yeah, I heard oh, that. Um, oh, that Jeff, heard Jeffrey Combs, who also was the reanimator, he does the voice for Brainiac too. They got a couple yep. of horrors to actually do voices yep. for. The evil characters and that—that's pretty rad, dude. And 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 Fred and and uh, Freddie. Well, Robert England even uses the line when he when he's fighting a scarecrow. He goes, "Now I'm playing with power." <laughs> oh shit! And he, and he says it just like he says it just like Freddie. It's really really cool. Like it's like when he's killing Breck and Meyer and Freddie's dead. Now you're playing with power, and he's got the yeah. my own score. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. epic, dude. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you, Freddy fans. Uh, if they do another reboot, do you want it to uh, make it serious and dark and really scary, or do you want them to go ham it up like the original like sequels to the Freddy movies? I just I, want I would, them to have Robert England in it. That's all. I, I would I would want it to be at least as gritty as the first film was, because the first one, it, it towed a line. It had, it was, had funny parts, but it was truly creepy, um, and I kind of would hope for that. I didn't like how hardcore they tried to make the reboot. Um, Robert England would be great, but I also think Willem Dafoe would be a cool Freddy. He's just weird enough looking, you know, to like pull it off and be really creepy with it. There's a couple of guys um, that I think as would be good, a, but Willem Dafoe would be my top pick for like a new Freddy. Probably Willem Dafoe would be cool as uh, a lot of characters. The Joker, definitely one of them. Uh, I don't know about Freddy. Um, but um, the one actor that I keep going back to, and I'm like, damn, he would be like a really interesting, you know, f- version of Freddy, uh, would be Kevin Bacon. 
<laughs> It'd be the I'm best. He's the Freddy that could dance the best. That's for sure, man. Like, well, could no, cut besides, him besides that part, I mean, Kevin Bacon could really ham it up, and he could also be very serious and, and downright frightening in some of his performances. So he has that that ability to like really morph as an actor. And you kind of need that for Freddy. You need him to be funny at times, scary at times horror, you know, horror-looking at times. You need that kind of actor, and I think that's what they missed with the last guy who played Freddy. Gotta, uh, gotta agree Harry. with you. Gotta agree with you there, Jackal, really. I mean, right. he, he he could pull it off. I mean, you, I, he I was... I haven't thought about him, but I'm a big fan of his, too, so... He was I, he creepy. He was creepy in Hollow Man. Remember no, Hollow was, Man? He has that invisible he has that face also that when you put that makeup on him, he could you could see the resemblance of, of Freddy Krueger. That's either Jackie O'Haley was a fantastic actor. He played Freddy in the last movie in the reboot. The main thing with him is that he is just too serious all the time. That's his characterization of everything oh, is, yeah. in a he serious was, manner. He doesn't he have was that, scary. that ability to, He was scary, yeah, but it just, it just but it was just like yeah, he was just the wrong. There was there was one thing that the reboot had going for it, and that was they actually tricked you into thinking that Freddy was innocent for a little bit. I thought that that was the only was neat thing the entire point. film had yeah. going for it. But after that, it would, yeah, you know, I, I didn't have any use for it. I didn't like the new girl that was trying to play Heather Lightning Camp's part. The the Nancy, dudes in it, I, yeah. I I didn't. Yeah, Nancy, I didn't care for any of the characters. You know what I mean? I I didn't really li- like anybody in the original movie either but they were goofy they were fun you know the blonde girl was cute um johnny depp was funny like you know and I, there was none of that in the in the reboot you, you didn't care about anybody it just the, the mystery of whether freddie was guilty or not was the only interesting thing about it after they cleared that up what about 45 minutes into the film it, it was over for me you know what i mean there was nothing to it yeah, I agree. The characterization of uh, the victims in the, in the reboot was just it was horrible. I mean, none of the actors uh, portrayed characters that we either connected to that we liked. The original movie had you know every character in that original film was characters that we all you know enjoyed watching. And you know, Heather Langenkamp's Nancy was the, you know the, the hero of the movie, but you also had Johnny Depp in there, and you had you know her her friend Tina who gets yeah, killed. The, the punk rock the, guy the and punk the, rock, the, yeah. Freddy movies you know. have always had yeah they've always had characters that you connect to and you feel like you know these are cool characters like even in the third one you had Kincaid you had Joey the kid was like uh, you know he was in that's a the best but, one man that had the best you know, character Dream I mean, Warriors really did the Freddy movies have always been about characters not just the Freddy character but other characters that you know make make up the uh, the cast and they've always had an ability to really write really fantastic characters in these movies. And that really was the one thing that was missing in the reboot. That and the fact that it, it took itself way too serious and didn't have enough fun with the mythology. And again, it's because they, they picked the wrong director, the wrong actor, the wrong writers. Uh, it was just a badly conceived pro- project from the beginning. But the kicker and, and the saddest part of all is that it's also the, high, the most highly profitable Freddy movie of all the Freddy movies. That's one of the box office-wise brought in the most money. The not, problem, so. the problem with that whole era of reboots is, um, a lot of them they just didn't get it. Like they tried to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre again, but they took all the comedy out of it. They tried to make it too dark and serious, and that wasn't good. But if you look at the ones that actually were really good and people liked, like Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead and the remake of Crazies, those ones worked so well because they made them fluid and fun. There were interesting characters in it, and they didn't try to make them too hardcore. Even though the Crazies movies did have some very brutal scenes, like the Pitchfork scene, um, Timothy Oliphant and his deputy kept the movie um, very fun, very fluid. And um, 
I think that uh, more horror reboots moving forward should look at movies like that as an inspiration rather than like the really awful Platinum Dunes movies like that Freddy and the Jason one that came out and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboots because these movies, they don't have to be silly, but you got to make them entertaining. You can't just try to make everything into um, – Well, Danny uh, McBride is doing the new Halloween, so figure that out. I have I have total faith in him. I actually like Rob Zombie's Halloween, and like I said, he also took um he kept his movie fun. Yeah, it was brutal. It was probably more way more hardcore than all eighteen of the other Halloween movies put together. But it was also had very hysterical parts. It had really good characters, and it wasn't just trying to be some overly dramatic like hardcore um movie with for no reason like the other Johnny, reboots. So. Let me stop you right there. In the eight years of being on this fucking show, that's the smartest thing you've ever said. What? That Rob Zombie did it? He he all, he he gets <laughs> he gets horror like that, man. No, that's he that's for the listener who called in pissed off because I didn't give you you know props and your opinion. I'm giving you yeah. props and your opinion now because that actually was a very smart opinion. And I agree 100. percent Rob Zombie's you know interpretation of the Halloween. Uh, mythology was perfect. I thought he did a great job with it. I actually liked his Halloween better than the original, believe it or not. I like his Michael Myers a lot better than the original. Uh, uh, Malcolm, I, Malcolm I, McDowell was great as Loomis, oh, too. Was Loomis. Oh, he yeah. was awesome. You can't, yeah. I mean, can't you get over that, that you know, just that, that creepiness and that, that way he just comes off. Malcolm McDowell's yeah. an incredible actor. So, yeah, that worked. Now here's the thing with this new uh, Halloween movie. They're saying that, that it's not a reboot, but then it's uh, you know they're they're recasting the Loomis character. Um, they're going to have um, well, supposedly at least the, the rumor was that Robert England was circling that project. That would he was be gonna, awesome. Which would be awesome, but I mean, I would like if they're going to do a, a sequel. Why not bring McDowell back? He was great in that role. I mean, well, is it gonna, my question is: Is it going to be a or is it going to be its own thing? That's the question. That's the question. Be. Yeah. Because well, because they released a poster online for it, and the poster that they've done is it looks very much it's very reminiscent of the original of John Carpenter's Halloween. Well, I'm thinking if they want if they want to do a, a new one and replace Loomis, um, I think that Robert England's great. I'm never going to say a bad thing about him, but I think it would be really cool if they got Doug Radley, the guy that plays Pinhead, because he's really chubby now. He's British. He kind of looks like Donald Pleasance now. I think that he might actually be a really fun um, Loomis because he would kind of really be able to play a very Donald Pleasance-type fellow, and it'd be kind of a neat return to the originals if they, they got him, too. And he, he's a horror alumni, which would be a, a great addition to the film. Yeah, but who's going to bring more fans to the, uh, to the theaters, him or Robert England? Um, good point, but I still I'm a huge Doug Bradley fan. You guys know me. You and put Paul the, here's the thing: you put Freddy Krueger in that franchise, not playing Freddy Krueger, but you put the actor who made Freddy Krueger famous playing another major important role in a Halloween franchise. That buzz alone is going to get people to go see this movie just to see how that turns out. Just that alone. Yeah, but Pinhead is talking about Freddy Krueger. No, but Pinhead is the only here. other. Pinhead's probably but, the only other movie monster that could fight Freddy Krueger and, like, actually throw down with him properly. Funny, but, but, he, but not in popularity. Not in popularity. Freddy Krueger is the most popular yeah. horror character of all these characters. Yeah, Freddy Krueger is so. the Batman of, of of horror movies. I totally Correct. agree. He's <laughs> pretty much, you know, like if they, so, you have I mean, a prank like that. That's like, saying, that's, that's like saying put Aquaman in your movie and, you know, it'll be successful. Oh, no, Pinhead man. Aquaman is a badass now, dude. Pinhead. So is no, Pinhead, Pinhead, but, you know, let's Pinhead be Pinhead is not Aquaman. Pinhead's, <laughs> Pinhead is um, 
Doctor Fate. He's 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 Starman. He's somebody cool. He's not Aquaman. God damn, that's oh, Doctor Fate. You can play. Oh, by the way, Johnny, you can play as Doctor Fate in Injustice as well. Oh no, go. shit. What about Starman? Is Starman in there? He might be. I, I don't know. I haven't gone through all the characters, but Doctor Fate is in there, bro, and that is kick ass. Yeah, no, he's one of the coolest, most iconic Justice Society members. Doesn't get enough play. Doctor Fate for life, man. That dude is. Too he, rad. he was on. Uh, he was on Smallville for a little bit there. Yeah, and they show his helmet in the Constantine show. They always yeah. kind of hint yep. at him, but you never actually get to see him. You know what I mean? He you never might get to show see- up. He might show up in the in the DC later in the the films. I wouldn't be surprised. He's screwing around with stuff like. That's a bad acting. They need to start a Justice Society show and start bringing in them weird characters like him and Starman and have them on TV instead of these whatever the hell the Legends of Tomorrow are supposed to be, man. <laughs> Which, by the way, the, the season finale aired already. Did you guys see the uh, finale for Legends of uh, Tomorrow? I no. watched the first four episodes of the first season and uh, no more, man. Like, no. it, Season two was slightly better, but it wasn't that much better from the first season. But it was slightly better. It was a little bit more enjoyable. I'm interested. I'm interested to see where they go moving forward, because especially with the uh, Flashpoint and you know everything that's going on with uh, with Flash, you know, in the the, in, the end of the season here. I so have they set it. up? Have they set up the the Flashpoint world from the comics, the one that we know of with the with Thomas Wayne, Batman, and all that? They set that no, up no, in no, Flash. No, no, no. No, Not really, no. But, no. dude, they're hinting at it. Barry just keeps burying, you know what I mean? He just keeps fucking up timelines. It's like, oh, hey, look, I haven't screwed that one up yet. I'm going to go, you know, well, and just keep... You remember, he's, <laughs> the Flash right now is living in an alternate reality from the original concept, of the original reality of the show, because he went back and changed things twice. So he caused Flashpoint, basically. So at the end of the season, he had to go into the uh, Speed Force and, like, stay there permanently. Because of his fuck up, he, he changed reality. So there's a good chance that you know coming in the next season to get Barry back. Uh, spoilers, because he, you know, that's what happened at the end of the season. To get him back out of the Speed Force, they're gonna probably have to alter reality again, changing things. Now they haven't introduced Batman or Bruce Wayne or any of that yet to the show, or to the, any of this stuff. But I wonder how much that is gonna carry over to the other shows because they're all connected. It's all one universe, really. So yeah. what happens on Flash happens, you know, has a ripple effect. On all these other shows, uh, so I wonder Ar- how that's Arrow, going. Uh, Arrow, and Supergirl, yeah. Well, mostly, definitely Arrow because that's in this actual same universe. Supergirl we'll is to- in an alternate universe. Remember, Supergirl, while it takes, while they it interacted with each other, he has to hop into her alternate universe to get her to go into his alternate universe. Right, they're not on the same Earth; they're on separate Earths. Now, it just so happens that he's been able to cross over. And, and have her help him, and he's been able to go over and help her. But they're they're definitely an alternate, different Earths. So it, it might not affect her reality, but it will definitely affect the reality of Arrow. DC so Barry Allen, so Flash has never gone into the Smallville universe, and all this time he's been screwing around. He's not never yet, no, no, because Stephen Amell hasn't while, decreed no. hasn't decreed that Smallville should show up on Flash. <laughs> uh-huh. When Stephen Amell speaks up, it'll happen. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That or they finally get Tom Welling to agree to come back for an episode. They can just get Chloe. I'll be fine with Chloe. Well, I thought at one point they showed the on one of those shows they showed the 
Watchtower from Smallville or something. They showed something. No, they they, from they flashed the Watchtower, but the Watchtower is not just from Smallville. That's that yeah, goes to like the right, yeah. that, no, but like, I thought that no, but I mean stuff. I thought they actually showed the Smallville Watchtower though. Oh well, yeah, they showed right. a, a shot of that Watchtower. Yeah, but they did that as a, as a nod to the show of Smallville. It wasn't really more anything than just a nod. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he was never he, but he was never like, actually in that it would, universe. What would be rad, even if they don't get um Tom Welling back, is if they at least get Justin Hartley as Green Arrow and have Barry run into him and be like, "Dude, you're not the Green Arrow. I know the Green Arrow," and have him <laughs> run around with Funny Ollie for a couple episodes. That'd be rad, dude. Because cool yeah. Justin Hartley needs some. See, that would open play. the door to have that would open the door to have uh, Brandon Routh run into himself as Superman at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Which oh, that would man. be hysterically see, see, awesome. Now that would be that would be incredible if that actually happened because again you have flashpoints, so now that's theoretically possible with these DC shows. That's what the good thing is. They could even do an episode where he goes into the Tim Burton Batman universe. And you see Batman as an old man. What would be rad if he ran into the animated series and they actually get like Bruce Tim to like animate an ep- um Couple That'd episodes be, of Flash, oh, that's so cool. They get like an old yeah. ass Michael Keaton to play uh, Bruce Wayne again. Yep. Yeah. Why not? He's not, he's, he's not looking that old. I mean, he, he definitely have to put on a girdle to get in the bat suit again. But aside from that, <laughs> he, he he doesn't look. He hasn't shrunk at all. Oh, speaking of people, I didn't know were so short. Do you guys know how small the dude that plays Penguin on um Gotham is? He's like five foot three. Butt, right? Yeah, my buddy went and met him at like one of those British cons. I'm like, like. My friend's not that big, but he's like standing there, like they've got their arms around each other, you know, like doing the fan post thing. My friend looks like he's like, he's the, took a picture for Take Your Kid to Work Day or something, man. Like the dude, <laughs> the thing, but he's like dressed like one of the Beastie Boys and shit. He kind of looks like all hip hopped out and stuff. But, I mean, he looks like a, he looks like a eighth grader or something. He's tiny, man. I was really shocked when I saw that because he doesn't look that small on the show. I, I, by the way, I hate, that do I hate that show, Coffin. I you hate really. Gotham? I hate I've stopped I, watching it, to be honest. It's such a terrible I, I, show. Yeah, I stopped but watching not, it. Not only do I hate that show, I hate the depiction of the Riddler and the Joker. I mean, the uh, Penguin and the Riddler. The way these two characters have been depicted on that show, they've butchered these two characters, completely butchered them. Um, the only redeeming character on that show that I like is the the guy who plays uh, Jer- um, Jeremy, I think, or Jerome, who plays Joker. the guy who's the Joker on the show. He that like that actor nails the part. Like he is the perfect actor. He should be Joker, Joker in the movies. Sure. Sure. What are we yeah, doing? Like, Wasting our time on with this TV show. The guy's Donald voice, voice is great as Hulk. His his voice, like his face, is the way he laughs, his smile. Like that's the Joker coming to life from, directly from the comics. Like there is no need to ever. As long as he's alive. He I'll tell you what, the that, Joker, period. That kid creeps me out, dude. Like, he is, he's a freaky-looking little bastard. Right. So yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> but other than that guy, I mean, I've hated everything else on the show. Oh, Donald, Donald Loge is great as Harvey Bullock, man. Donald Loge is good on that show. Man. Eh, he's kind of annoying, to be honest with you. Uh, I do he's like Harvey the, Bullock. He's supposed to I do, be annoying. I do, like the dynamic, I, I do like the dynamic of Bruce Wayne and Alfred in the show. I think they, I like the fact that this is a more tougher Alfred. He's streetwise. He's more of a, of a secret spy type of Alfred. Like the, like, he's like, like the Earth 3, the Earth right. 3 Alfred is what he so is. It's, I like that. And going forward, if that relationship takes more, you know, place on the show where he's training Bruce now and Bruce, you know, it's going to, you know, there's character development with Bruce Wayne, then I'll, I'll maybe start getting 
be interested in the show again. But the storylines with the penguin and the Riddler, how did, how did it, how their did it fall love, the fact that the fact that the penguin is in love with the Riddler, and they're like there's some gay shit going on between them, and everybody in the show <laughs> is either you're lesbian or gay. It's like, what the hell does any of that have to do with Batman? I mean, for crying out loud, uh, okay, I get it. Barbara Gordon's a lesbian. Does it have to be every single storyline that she's in has to do with her sexual orientation? Like, it's retarded the way they make that such an important part of a show that has to do with Batman's backstory. Like, I, I don't understand all well, the bullshit I, 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 they're putting I, I, in there. I haven't seen any since the second episode. Not because, like, I didn't like the show. I just kind of lost track, you know, and didn't catch up when it came back on. But, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite show. I had to forget everything I ever knew about Batman mythos, but I enjoyed what I saw. Nah, it's, it's it's gotten so bad, bro. Especially now with the penguin who's in love with the Riddler. Like, really? Do we need well, that? And the Riddler, he's still the goofy, like, um... Yes, CSI we guy, need right? it. We need We need that. <laughs> I mean, DC, what's next? They're going to have, like, what, a, a sexual scene with the Riddler and, and the penguin when they're actually in bed together, like, you know, having well, sex, like... Is that, that's, that's gonna happen. That's, happening. that's coming yeah, up. No, no. Yep. Especially since everybody's so ha- happy for Zod's favorite show, American Gods, which has the most supposedly the most graphic gay sex scene on television ever. Yeah, but in it the also third has episode. some really, but it also has some really great and graphic heterosexual scenes in it too. So, you, you know, you get, you get. Do, do, yeah, do, do you watch it in VR? There, my thing, VR? my thing, fellas. No, my dude, thing is, I haven't <laughs> seen it in VR. Before we move on, because we gotta, we gotta move on to our top ten list in a few minutes here. But my thing, real quick, uh, and closing in the, on my end, then, anyway, on this, uh, I don't care their gay characters within these universes, but these are stories that are meant mostly for kids. And when you start making every single thing in these stories about somebody who's gay, instead of like the actual storyline of what's going on with the characterization of Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, Commissioner Gordon, you know, the main characters that are important to the show, and when you start sidetracking all you know, the, the Riddler's in love with the Joker, the Joker's in love with this guy, or, you know, when you start making, you know, like episodes just about that, that's where I have an issue because you know what, that's something that really doesn't You're belong in, in the kids' universe. These are kids' TV shows, kids movies, man. Like you know, these are meant for us adults also, but you know, for kids to enjoy as well. And I don't want to have a, a kid sitting there watching, you know, the Penguin saying, "Oh, I love you, Riddler." Ah. I, I mean, really? What's the point of any of this shit? It's not. We're not. Of... We're not even somebody like Grant Morrison would have wrote that in a comic book. Who is like probably one of the biggest proponents for homosexual and trans rights in comics, and he never even touched well, on yeah, stuff I mean, like there, that. There's certain things that book. So there's there's certain things that you just should not you know have to discuss. Yeah, I don't care if there's a million gay people in the world. That's fine. I, I, more power to you. Be gay. I don't care about any of that stuff. But at the same time, when it comes to like kids things like this, you should not make that such a big issue or such a big deal where most of the storyline now is about these two gay guys or this gay guy who's in love with this guy. Like, I don't want that on, on a kid's TV show or a kid's, you know, show like this. I mean, that's ridiculous. And it's it's just, it's bad for TV. Uh, the, the show itself is just bad. I mean, it's badly written. It's badly acted. There's very little redeeming factors to the show. Um, and that's just a, I mean, that's just a sad reality because this is a Batman-related uh, property, and not only that, it has a real Nolan-esque feel to it when you look at the visual of the show. 
Like it really feels like a Nolan mix. Really, with, like, I kind of felt more. Yeah, I kind of felt more. It has like, like a mix of those it, two. It reminds like, me more like the old Flash show because, like, when I watch it, they try to make it seem like old nineteen nineteen forties looking, but more was kind of some modern stuff in it too. It kind of felt like. You know what I'm talking about, right? Zod, the old 90s Flash yeah. show, how they kind of had, like, the old cars, but, like, modern yep. phones and shit. It, it, they reminded me more of that than, say, Nolan. But it could be a Flashpoint creation, because it's obviously some screwed-up amalgam uh, universe. Oh, yeah. Dude, Christmas time. Allen and, and Montoya are older than Jim Gordon. How, how does that jive, dude? They're, they're supposed to be, like, rookies when he's already the commissioner, but they're detectives before he's... You know, the whole thing was messed up, but I accepted it for what it was. It was its own thing when I saw it. I haven't seen what they've done with it so yeah, far. Yeah, but you've seen um, it for episodes, so you haven't continued forward and seen how bad it's no, been. No, 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 no. Like, I've seen, uh, that's only, um, Agent, that's only Legends of Tomorrow. I've seen the first two seasons of Gotham. It, oh, it was okay, decent. Okay. I, I, I'm not blown away by it, but it's definitely not the worst DC show on <coughs> Supergirl, <coughs> Supergirl, um, that I've seen at least, but. Oh yeah, Supergirl is by far the worst, uh, superhero show. On TV, but but I don't consider Gotham to be a superhero show because there's no superheroes in it at all. So it's a comic book show, but it's not a superhero show. When you know you start having superheroes on there, then we can talk. That's what I'm saying. Maybe in season four or five of Gotham, it might actually start getting good. But for right because, now, because they're, they're actually they're actually enough to be Batman. Yeah, exactly. The commercials I have seen, he's kind of getting close to going out as Batman now, right? Bruce is. He's actually like flirting with the idea. No, of he's, a he's flirting with he's flirting with the idea of getting ready and prepared to you know take on the the flirting with the Gotham. idea of getting laid. That's what he's flirting that with the too, idea yeah. of right now. He's but not, it, it, so far, he hasn't really like come up with a Batman you know outfit or look or idea of Batman yet. Like that has not crossed his mind yet. Um, he hasn't fallen through the well and and. Woken up, you know, full of bats around him. Like, none of that stuff has happened what yet. What? Dad's already dead. How are they going to do that if his dad's not around? I thought that was, like, one of the uh, key things, at least from the Nolan verse, that, you know, the dad had to be there to pull yeah, him out. Yeah, they, but they could, they could change that for this and have Alfred just, you know, be the one who picks him up and carries him out. And... Remember, Alfred and, and him are, are, like, the closest, uh, you know, in this than I think in any interpretation before this. When it comes to, like, the two characters, he's, he's really more like a dad to him than anything else. Uh, yeah. and he, and give, that's one thing I do give props to the show for. When they do have those sequences where they're you know acting off each other, Bruce Wayne and Alfred, you do get that connection between oh, the actors. Sean, to where it, it plays off Sean, well. John Pertwee is a wonderful Alfred man. He's a very underrated actor. I'm actually kind of yeah. happy he's finally getting famous from that role. But yeah, that's why I, I have high hopes that the show gets better. But so far, it's been just utter garbage, and I just I, I hope they move on from this whole this whole nonsense with the joke with the uh, penguin is in love with the Riddler, and you know Barbara Gordon's a lesbian with this chick, and you know just let's give give me some actual Gordon, canon Montoya. comic book stuff. You know, give me some stuff in the comics. Hot give me some real storylines. The, the, the Montoya and Barbara Gordon thing still going on. Like I, I found that very tedious when they first brought it up because, like, I know that Montoya's a, a lesbian. She was written that way since at least Gotham Central by Ed Brubaker. But why did she have to fall in love with Barbara Gordon? I thought that that it's was ridiculous. really retarded at the time. Anyway, guys, we got to move on. We got our top ten list this week. Of course, Johnny, as uh, you said earlier, top ten uh, characters we have not seen. Or heard of on the live, uh, on the big screen or on live TV or any kind of TV or any kind of live action, uh, you know, show or movie. 
in uh, top ten lists this week. Johnny, you want to kick it off uh, for us? Yeah, and um, I think my list might surpress some of you guys as it's tilted Probably. in one side, on one side, and not the side you guys would think. And number ten from DC, I have Andrew Bennett and Mary Queen of Blood from the series I Vampire. At number nine, also from DC, I have the Jack Knight Starman from the um, 80s and 90s. At number eight, from Marvel, I have Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel. Number seven, from DC, I have Deadman. We're probably going to be seeing him soon because the Justice League Dark movie has been in the talks forever, but um, I'm kind of hoping we still do. At number six, also from DC, um, Wildstorm, but Jaquita Wagner from the um, series Planetary, really cool character. I'd really love to see her in live action. Um, and number five, also from DC, Simon Dark. He's a Gotham nice. protector. He's a he's really kind of cool, like horror character. Okay. And number four from Marvel, I have Spider Gwen. If Sony had any brains in their head, they would have made a Spider Gwen movie with Emma Stone years ago. Okay. Number three, also from Marvel, I have Moon Knight. And number two from DC, Hitman from by Garth Ennis. I love that book. And number one from Marvel. The Hood. He is like my favorite anti-hero, my favorite nice. villain type hero type guy from Marvel, and I would love to see him on Netflix, to tell you the truth. Good list. Yep. Especially like Moon Knight. He's on my top. Oh. Yeah, one of my favorite characters. Uh, uh, Zod, what is your list? Conceive of. Okay, number 10. Uh, most of my most of mine are, are obscure DC characters, and I do have a couple Marvels on here, and then one that uh, is in a, a separate from a separate comic book uh, company, but I would okay. still like to see it done in a movie. Number ten is a character from DC named Obsidian. Number nine, the Elongated Man, number <laughs> eight from DC. Number eight, Triumph, also from DC. Number seven, Ice Maiden from DC. Number six from Marvel, it's an obscure character named Dust. Number five. General Glory from DC. Wow, that is obscure. I've never heard of Dust before. That's a <laughs> number f- number five. General Glory from DC. Kind of like kind of their Captain America. I don't know if any of you guys have heard of him. Uh, number four, Plastic Man. We've seen him in a lot of animated films and and stuff like like mostly the animated kid stuff, but we've never seen him in a movie. Number three is a superhero group. In the Middle East, called the Ninety Nine. It's not from DC or uh, Marvel. It's a from a, a different comic book company. The publisher is called uh, Tishkeel Comics. I, I'd love to see it uh, see it done into a live action film. They've done some motion comics, different things. Number two from DC, the Bulleteer, and my the one I'd love to see done in a movie, and maybe it'll happen one of these days. Justice League Antarctica. I don't know Ooh. if any of you have ever heard of that, but that's. But I, I dug deep into the old DC comics and pulled oh, these shit. out. These are, these are old and obscure, but it would be interesting to see them pop up somewhere. That's what, Golden Age? Justice League? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, Justice, League, Justice League Antarctica. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like to see that. That's really. That'd be really cool. But it's kind of like, it would be kind of like Justice Society where, because we, you know, you've seen Justice Society in like TV shows and stuff, but never in a movie or, you know, same thing with Dr. Fate. He should actually have his own movie. Yeah. It'd be like Dr. Strange kind of, but. 
but better. It'd be a better, better story. <laughs> well, he is their uh, version of Doctor Strange. I mean, he is the answer. But he's more. But he has more. But he's more about telling the future and, and being more about you know um, seeing seeing all. Whereas Doctor Strange is more about just metaphysical and helping. You know. Which, by the way, you can also say that there is another answer to Doctor Strange in DC, Doctor Hugo Strange. Oh, absolutely. Who is a doctor of uh, crazy people, and he brings them back from the dead. Wow, wow. So anyway, my top ten list this week, guys, uh, consists of number ten. And uh, yes, there was a Green Lantern movie, but not by Alan Scott. And I want, I've always wanted to see a New Earth Alan Scott interpretation of the Green Lantern. Oh, you want to see the, also, you want to see the gay Green Lantern. No, 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 that's the Earth no, no, 2 no. Green Lantern. That's Earth 2. This is the original Earth 1 Green Lantern. New oh, okay. The he rocks the, he rocks the red shirt and the blue cape, man. He's he's legit right. looking. He's my favorite yeah, he's a, look at Green Lantern. He's a badass. Now, they, they, later on, they had an off. It was an Elseworld uh, interpretation on Earth sixty nine or whatever it was, and that was the gay Green Lantern. But no, the Green, not Green Lantern is on Earth two. He's on Earth two. Alan Scott. That's a, that. No, the sixty nine was a joke, though, guy. You should have gotten that. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, moving on. Number nine <laughs> on my list. <laughs> Uh, number nine on my list, and he's never been done, and I love this character. The only, the only two Robins that I like are the Red Robin and the Red Hood. Red Robin, Timothy Drake, I think would be great if they introduce him at some point. We've, we've gotten, uh, what, Dick Grayson, the worst of the ball. The worst, I, 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 I hate Dick Grayson. Uh, but I do like, uh, Tim, Timothy Drake, and I think that would be a cool character to, to eventually see on the big screen. Or on Wobbin. TV somewhere. Wobbin. Not that Wobbin, that's, that's Dick Grayson. That's that Wobbin. Number eight on the list, uh, Booster Gold, which I, uh, I've only seen him once on Smallville, and, you know, that's it. And I almost didn't put him on my list. In fact, I'm kind of, like, surprised I put him on the list because, you know, we were supposed to put people that have never been on anything. But he's never had anything like himself out there, like he's the main character. He just showed up on one episode, so I kind of, like, didn't want to count that. Um, Booster I, Gold, I'll let I you get away with it. Yeah, I think yeah, he'll no, be he... a great character to put out there as on the big screen. Or and he, almost got, he almost got his own. He almost got his own TV show for a I while. Know. There, there was a lot of talk about that. Yeah, it was going to be on Sci Fi Channel, but they decided to go with um, the Man of Steel prequel shit show instead. I, that would, yeah. They should have done Booster Gold. Now, Number is that seven, a prequel I'm... to Man of Steel, or is that a prequel to or just? Well, a... It looks like it. I mean, it looks, it looks like, like a prequel legit, to yeah. Man of Steel, brother. Look at the yeah, trailer. It looks like it is. Uh, it's I mean, even got the, the same little US, it's still got the little Kryptonian USB chip and stuff right from the movie, so uh, yeah. I mean uh, it looks like it's a legit, you know, prequel to Men of Steel. But uh number seven on my list, I'm gonna go with Shazam. That's right, Captain Marvel himself from the DC universe, which uh, has been in the He had uh, his own TV show, bro. Did he? Yeah, he had a show in the sixties. In the eighties too, he had one. Oh, it was it the eighties, yeah. Seventies. I never yeah. saw that, really? I never saw that the old Shazam show. Oh yeah, no, he, it was it was rad, dude. I mean, it was it was. Okay, then I got I got to remove Shazam from my list. Then, All right? Never mind Shazam. Oh, I got to remove him from the list. See, I, didn't, I wasn't. I didn't remember that he had a TV show, Shazam TV show. I have to look that up. All right, so I'm going to give you another number seven because I know this one hasn't been mentioned yet. The Spectre from DC. Oh, that'd be incredible. That'd be nice. Yeah, he should right. be in Justice League. Spectre was great, and and remember, he had a huge, huge role in Crisis on Infinite Earths too. He was an incredible character. Now, if they bring him in for TV, I think it would work a lot better now, considering the Flashpoint, all the stuff we've been talking about. Oh yeah, 
You know, I mean, I think that would probably be a, a interesting idea. So the Spectre, I guess, will be my number seven. Uh, number six, uh, Marvel has not brought him out yet uh, on anything live that I remember, but he's kind of like the answer to uh, to DC's Cyborg. Uh, and I would say uh, Deathlock needs to be brought. Oh, well, he's out. on Agents of Shield. He's yeah, on the first two. Really? But that's yeah. not really Deathlock, though. I mean. Not really. No, he had a bad laser tag outfit, and he looked ridiculous. I I, I feel bad even th- calling that Deathlock, but it's technically who that character was. Give me yeah. that one. You gave me Booster Gold. I'll, yes. I'll, let, I'll let you have it. I'll let you have. It. We didn't see Deathlock as he's supposed to be, so you can yeah. go ahead and keep him, dude. I'll let you so, have that one. I mean, give me that one because I didn't really like. You know, that's that to me wasn't Deathlock. That was like a wannabe. Watered down. It was like when David Hasselhoff played Nick Fury on no, it. Uh, no, that was actually, like that was more Fury. legit. At least, at least he had an <laughs> eye patch in the, in the cigar. Like this, this Deathlock, he didn't have a robot arm or like the half cyborg face or anything. He just had a bad laser tag outfit and like a ro- uh, like this little robot thing on his one leg. It was awful, dude. It was yeah. the worst TV superhero ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't consider that. Spider-Man was bad. If you if you put him on TV now with some of uh you know some of uh like the stuff that's on TV I think it would work on a, on his own show I think a Deathlock TV show would be badass but in the movies I think it would work a lot better for uh, for Marvel so and again he's he is kind of like their version of Cyborg so it'll be kind of like the answer to Cyborg uh, now number five on my list uh, the, the one Spider-Man that we've never seen on the big screen and I would love to see him done is Miles Morales. He's getting an Nobody. animated movie, which I'm really hopeful. Yeah. Sony won't screw up. But I'd like to see either a TV show yeah. or a big screen version of Miles Morales' storyline. Uh, like you nope. said, Gwen, Jackal, Gwen Sp- have you ever, on, on that note, have you ever seen the Miles Morales fan film that, that was done a couple years ago? Yep. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's really good, really good. I love the, the Miles Morales storyline. is awesome. So, I mean, it actually, if you want to keep Peter Parker for the big screen, great. Then, you know, make Miles Morales a TV show. Like, that Spider-Man TV show about Miles Morales. He's my, he's my favorite actual, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, aside from 2099. But, yeah, dude, Miles is rad. So, 2099 is uh, another obscure one. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's another good one. But uh, that's number five on my list. Number four, back to uh, Wobbin, the Red Hood, Jason Todd, our counterpart yeah. here. Uh, it, he's the uh, the only Robin that goes uh, that gets killed and comes back to life. And comes back as like DC's Punisher. I mean, like he comes yeah, back. Yeah, he's badass. badass. Yeah. And, uh, and, and look, he takes on uh, the moniker of the Red Hood, which of course the Joker used at one point. So uh, that's cool. Like you know, he was killed by the Joker. The whole storyline is pretty incredible. So I'd love to see that live action. That'd be fucking awesome. Uh, number three, and I almost didn't include him on the list. Only reason I put him in there is because his scene is so quick that I don't think you can count it. It's a, a character that came out in Guardians of the Galaxy two. The Watcher, but he is uh, a split yeah. second in the movie where uh, where there's a cameo with with Stan Lee and he's talking about like because Stan Lee yeah. honestly Stan Lee is the greatest thing in comic book history. Let me tell you, this man is an amazing figure in in the genre of comic books. And I think what they're doing with this character that he keeps popping up in all the Marvel movies is that he's going to be the one above all. Remember that character? Yeah. That's oh, you mean like the way Doctor Manhattan is in the new in the new DC reboot? Yeah, kind of like that, right? In in Marvel, they have that character called the One Above All, which is a character that oversees the entire universe. He like he is above every single character in the Marvel universe, and I think that's who Stan Lee is going to end up being 
at the end of the day. Because if you watch that quick cameo, he's like telling the watcher, uh, yeah, story, this one yeah. time, and he's giving them, telling them the details of the stories where he's been interacting with these people, with these people in the universe, in the Marvel universe. So it's kind of like I think he is going to be end up being the the one above all, where the watcher, you know, again, all you saw him was like very quickly. Like it was, but very it was rad. It was yeah. really cool. But it was really, really awesome, that one sequence. I would love to see them introduced in the Marvel Universe and see them further expanded on and maybe see their own film. Um, that would be fucking awesome. Uh, number two on my list, Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moonlight, which you mentioned, yeah. Johnny. And, uh, yeah, Moonlight is a character that needs to get done. I mean, it's a, it's a great character. It's uh, about time he gets uh, his own uh, film. Uh, kind of like Black Panther. I don't know why these characters take so long for them to like get out there, but uh, it's a, a great Marvel product that they have not explored. Uh, but number one on my list, guys, and you know, with all the talk of Aquaman and all the talk of uh, DC, you know, like you know, pushing Aquaman the way they have and making them look the way they look, they've kind of just made him look like this guy, Namor. And I'm sorry, like Namor. That's the, the original King of Atlantis. He's the most badass of all these characters when it comes to, like, the guys who can talk to fish, okay? Namor is the real badass, and he would whoop Aquaman's little blonde oh, ass. He, he, would, he, would, he would slide up in there. He would screw whoop Aquaman's wife, ass. take his kingdom, and then, I mean, like, he does that to everybody. He banged Sue Storm. He banged Medusa. He's, like, basically, like, the, the Sancho of the Marvel Universe. So, like, if he got to DC, yeah, man, he'd probably tap Martha if he got the chance, dude. That, that boy likes to get around. So, yeah, he'd definitely be banging so, Aquaman's woman. You don't mess with him. Fuck your That's life. the one character that I've always wanted to see done live action because he would be just a, just a badass character. And, uh, hey, you know, the guy they got for Aquaman actually would have been pretty decent. And he looks a little bit more like Namor than anything else. Else, but again, that's DC copying Marvel's look on the character. They need, to get, they need to get Donnie Yen for Namor. That's what they. That'd need be to great. Do. That'd be great. I, I, Donnie I'd Yen or, or that. that guy that plays Sonny on the show, um, Into the Badlands. I don't like the show, but I think that that guy could play Namor pretty good. He's he'd like half good Asian, half, he's half Asian, half white. He's got like a really Namor look to him. He'd be good he's, too. But I mean, Caucasian. Donnie. I don't know. I'm just on this Donnie Yen kick right now. They got Donnie Yen for a live action Sleeping Dogs movie, so I'm excited. Uh, Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen can do anything. Actually, him and Scott Atkins are supposedly doing a film together. They they kind of put out a couple tweets saying that they're working together on something. Which... Oh, pow! There we here's go. a, here's a uh, early Star Wars rumor. The uh, the rumor is that the Obi Wan movie uh, might feature a cameo by Donnie Yen's character from the Rogue One movie, and the. Yeah. Uh, and the other character, the nice. same face, uh, whatever his name is. Because remember, this movie's not going to be featured, uh, like the Obi-Wan movie is not going to be like right around the events of Rogue One. It's going to be featured in like 10 years before Rogue One ever happened. Yeah, and, like Ewan McGregor is going to be slightly older, but he's not going right. to be um, Alec Guinness old yet. So Right. So it's like 10, 15 years before that, or maybe 5, 10 years after the events of, uh, of uh, Revenge of the Sith. So you actually might get to see Donnie Yang's character before he loses his eyesight. And, you know, why he lost his eyes. Like, that's a, an awesome idea they get to explore that because I think part of the, uh, you know, the things they're doing here is they, this is why they introduced Jedha. I think it's to have the backstory of the Jedis, you know, end on Jedha and then you know, New Hope and all that stuff takes off. But I think they're going to tie in Obi-Wan with Jedha. Somehow he's going to be involved with that whole destruction of the, of the planet Jedha. And remember, the Jedis with all the Jedi records were kept in and stuff. So, uh, that's a rumor I heard about. Uh, if that happens, 
that Obi-Wan movie is going to be like the biggest spin-off Star Wars movie in the history of movies. That thing is going to be humongous. Because that Donnie Yen character, man, him and, and uh, the other character, uh, it, well, the names are kind of like weird. They escaped a little bit. Shit, Imway, I think it's uh, Donnie Yen's character. And Baz, I think it's the name of the other character, his, his, uh, his friend in the movie. They're both, I think, rumored to be uh, in the Obi-Wan movie. So let's hope that happens. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd be down to see those characters more. I thought they were really awesome. Bodhi, cool. the pi- Bodhi the pilot's my favorite character from that movie, but I'd, I'd like to see any of the characters from that movie again, dude, honestly, Bodhi to tell Rock. you the truth. Yep. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, uh, one character that I left off my list here, and we'll gotta, we got to go, we're about 10 minutes over on Rich's time, even though he's not doing the show tonight, by the way. Uh, he's uh, having dinner with the parents, I believe. So uh, Remember, it is a holiday weekend. Yeah. yeah, happy Memorial so Day, people. Which makes it even more amazing that we actually had a show tonight. That's I awesome. Know. Yeah, Salute better. to all the soldiers out there. Thank you very much for your service and your time. That's yeah. why Jason Justice is in here. It's Memorial yeah. Day weekend, bros. This is his time, bro. He's a uh, next soldier. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, shout the hats off to him. He'll be here Sorry about soldier. the new kids joke, Jason. I didn't know. It was, yeah, I forgot he, it was Memorial Day. He's sensitive about those new kids, bro. He loves the new kids. I'm telling you, he's a fan. But uh, Hang you know, one, one, yeah, there you go. One, one character, <laughs> uh, one character that I left off my list just because he's been in a movie, uh, but I don't think they did him any justice in that one movie, and uh, he was kind of briefly in the movie, and it was just a, not, a, it wasn't a terrible movie by my standards. I enjoyed. Are you talking about bit. Channing Tatum? You talking about Channing Tatum? You better be talking about ta- Channing Tatum. I'm talking about Remy LeBeau, aka Gambit. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's Shannon Tatum, but I don't want to see Shannon Tatum playing. No, I don't want to see him either. But no. I was I was just hinting at the, who I was talking about without blowing right. what you were going to say. Yeah, but yeah, Good. Gambit, yeah, Gambit really that needs character to. needs to have like it, look, moving forward with X Men, especially if you know they're not going to have uh, Hugh Jackman playing the uh, the Wolverine anymore, and he's done with the character. Maybe they need to like just give that character a rest for a decade. And maybe focus on Gambit as the main character for a while. Well, they've got a couple really good bad boys that they haven't used yet. Like, Gambit would be a good one, and um, Jamie Madrox, the multiple man. Those are two characters that they really need to bring out. They can kind of fill that um, void that would be left open by Wolverine. Um, Richter would be a good one, too. They're bringing Cable. I hope that they do some good stuff with him. There's a couple really good X-Men characters that they haven't even hinted at in the movies that would actually kind of be epic and... I really hope that they come out. And Gambit's definitely, he's my favorite X-Men, so I can't agree with you more on that, dude. Like, he really needs to be in fucking movies. Pow, pow. Yep. Agreed. And uh, I hope they just, yeah, I hope they cast somebody better than Shannon Tatum to play him. Yeah. yeah, get somebody that's a Cajun or somebody at least from the South, you know what I mean? Now, I didn't mind the guy who played him in the uh, Wolverine movie. Yeah, John Carter was pretty good. He actually looked yeah. like Gambit, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the voice down, he looked like him, but... I don't remember you the know, actor's name. I just know him as John Carter. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, it, but it's funny, though. Like, uh, you know, they gave Ryan Reynolds a chance to play Deadpool again. Maybe they should, you know, dip yeah, their toes in that water again. Carter, they, yeah. Yeah, why not? Anyway, that's my top ten list, guys. Uh, Gambit would have been on my top ten, but, uh, again, he was in a movie. So he's just my, uh, I guess, my, noter, uh, my, my nice uh, nod to a character who's been in a movie that I think should be in the live-action spinoff by himself, but... I got two I want to throw out really quick. I got Animal Man and Doom Patrol. They need to be, those both mm. need to have their own films or be on TV at Spider-Man least. Spider-Man 2099. Pow, pow. There you go. I agree with Doom Patrol. And Ravager. 
No, not Ravager. Maybe Doom or Punisher 2099, but Ravager was awful. He was the worst of the 2099s, man. Ravager. Except for maybe the maybe Hulk 2099. He was really bad. Ah, put him in the movie anyway. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can blame it on Whedon. There you go. Blame it on just Whedon. Actually, we need to see a Batman Beyond, Beyond movie yeah. already. Batman Beyond needs a fucking movie. Amen yeah. to that. That's how they should bring uh, Keaton back into the Batman fold. Yeah, he'd be great. All right, being play the old Batman again. Think about that for a minute. That'd be huge. Who would they get for Terry McGinnis? Who do you think? I'm trying to think of somebody that Ezra Miller. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty much. If they did it now, Ezra Miller. Yeah, you know, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, the guy who, uh, the young guy who was in the movie American Beauty, remember the uh, creepy dude? What's his name? Oh, uh, West um, Bentley. West Bentley. Like, I thought 15 years ago when I first saw him in that movie, I was like, that is perfect for Batman Beyond. That's like ter- that's Terry McGinnis right there. He's obviously a lot older now. Yeah. So, that's I mean, to my son. He was in that parking level two movie where he was like the evil parking attendant chasing the girl around. It was an awful movie. I felt so bad for him being in that. Yeah. He's a good actor, though. I mean, like, I, he was up for uh, Batman uh, for the reboot, and they gave it a force to, uh, to Affleck. Uh, in fact, it was funny because uh, even Nolan gave his approval of Wes Bentley and said that he's the guy they should go with and stuff. So he was even not, Nolan was kind of a little bit like shocked that they didn't go with his pick. Yeah, no, I mean, like, he's shocked that like everybody's shocked that like oh you didn't go with anybody that could actually act. You went with this guy, but you know, like DC, DC's just so throwing shit up. So you're saying he wasn't the bomb? He wasn't the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, dude, he's actually all right as Batman. I, I, I can't wait to see a solo film, especially with Reeves doing it. I, I have high hopes. I think Affleck can deliver, just as long as he's not directing it anymore. I have a little bit of hope because no, his, well, his mobster movie, his mobster movie was awful, man. Live by night. I actually tried to watch it. Oh man, as a Ben Affleck kind of fan, like oh man, it was geely bad, dude. Geely, geely bad. Wow, that bad, really? I thought so. Wow. Especially, especially like the last movie he directed was Argo, and then he went to that. Yeah, dude, it, it's pretty shockingly how um, the quality shifts between the two films, man. I actually think that somebody, he hired somebody else to direct Argo for him at this point. <laughs> yeah, but remember, he did Argo. He was like riding a, a high wave, man. Like everything was going positive for him. Like right now, he's going through like some slumps. Yeah, you know, his marriage is falling apart. People are criticizing everything he does with Batman and shit. You know, like. I kind of understand why he's having a hard time right now. Yeah, I, I hope he gets better. I like I like Affleck. I like him when he's funny. I think he needs to try to be funny more. He tries to be this dramatic guy, but he's actually a very funny person. He should embrace what he what his true gifts are, and he he's a funny yeah. person. He try you know it's funny because he tries to be like his brother who comes off more serious than he does, Casey Affleck. And uh, yeah, he's when you look at Ben, he really is more of a funny looking, goofy type of dude. But Casey's more of a serious looking dude, and Ben tries to like be the serious guy, but he's just not. That's why he come off very convincing, and uh, that's why I, I, I really have a hard time buying him as Batman because he's such a goofy looking dude. That when he's trying to be like serious and brooding, and you know, like when he's trying to portray that you know that, that moody character of Batman, it just doesn't come off well. It comes off like he's fake. Well, I I, I was reading something that. Uh, a little, a little, uh, a little blurb here on the internet. While you were talking, while you're talking about Ben Affleck being 
being horrible and unbelievable as oh. Batman. And I think, and the funny thing is, is you know who you have to blame for all of that? You have Christopher Nolan to blame for that. Why? The men had nothing also, to do with it. He was directing two other films. Ever, while since, the, ever since the debut of Man of Steel, audiences and comic book fans alike have complained that the DC Extended Universe is too dark and grim. Many tout the bubblier nature of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as the new standard with DC being too serious for its own good. However, fans need only to look into the mirror to see why the DC Universe has pursued such a dark tone. Moviegoers lauded the Dark Knight trilogy, making making it among the highest-grossing titles in history. With its rabid success, it stands to reason that DC felt the same formula would work and applied it to every single other DC Universe movie. It's because of the Nolan trilogy that Batman and all the other heroes remain grim, violent, and have zero room for... For, for the younger audiences. And that's fine. The problem is not that the movies are dark. The problem is the movies have come out shitty because of bad writing, bad storytelling, yeah, bad, bad characters, I like, I bad like dark actors. And I, read no, I read noir. I but enjoy. that's what they're saying. There's the obsessively dark and grim, grim tone yeah, but that's, of DC. That, to me, that's not the problem. That's not the problem with DC. It's not that they're dark. Make them dark. Make them good and dark. Well, that never make be them the good. problem with that. That'll never be the problem with Batman. That's how Batman's supposed to be. That ain't right. the way fucking Superman's supposed to be. It's not the way Aquaman's supposed to be. These are bubbly light. Aquaman DC... is supposed to be dark. <laughs> Dude, like, that's the thing. Like, DC, their, their hero lists are so colorful that half their names are... Uh, well, I'm just saying, I'm, be, I'm just being devil's I mean. advocate here because I think it's pretty hilarious the way, you know, they, uh, people will say things like that, but then you look at at uh, stories like Injustice that have a very, very dark, dark tone, and they're like the best. They're like the best video games ever to feature DC heroes. Yeah, but so it's it, but it in inju- lot, you know. Like, but in Injustice, the Flash is still funny. Green Lantern is still funny. The characters that are supposed to be bright and colorful still are. They're not muted to be dark well, and edgy. Superman but, is is well, I wouldn't say Superman is bright and colorful. Superman is dark and and brooding. Well, they they, like they, they made but, a great story to 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 tell you why this Superman is evil and why this Superman must be stopped. They're not being like, oh, this is the regular Superman and he's just being pouty and petulant for no good reason like Man of Steel is. There's there's actually a very well-written story behind Injustice where... Let me ask you something. What what universe, what Earth do you think that... Do you think these new DCU movies take place on? Because they can't be the prime timeline because the characters are not you know, bright are not what they, what they are. So what is, what earth are they on? They've got to be, it's got to be just another earth in the multiverse. It's like I, the, it's like the Nolan movies are another I earth in the really multiverse. Care less what number planet they're from. It's from a planet. I kind of don't have any interest in because like that <laughs> said, and I know this is going to blow everybody's mind. I'm agreeing with him that it's not a problem really with the, the muted and the, and the darkness. It's, it's how poorly it's delivered. See, like you brought up, you brought up injustice, which is wonderful. They come up with a wonderful storyline to explain why these characters are the way they are. Right. They do not in Man of Steel. They just, Superman's comes to earth and is raised by the kids like everybody else, like always. But somehow he's petulant. He's a pissy little 
person that's not bright, not joyous. He's not awe-inspiring like the Man of Steel is supposed to be. I'm not even a fan of Superman's, and I am so disappointed. Apparently, he will be. Apparently, when he comes back in Justice League, he'll he'll be the Superman we all know and love, the the bright and cheery Superman who's come back from death. I I hope it happens. I really do. I I will be thrilled. I might actually – I'm not going to – But will he have his underwear on the outside? And maybe he'll even have his underwear <laughs> on the outside. You know, now, now, see, that's something, that's something else, and that is the million-dollar question. I got, I got to know. Because, I mean, like, people go on and on, like, oh, wow, they, they, they use stuff from The Dark Knight Returns, and that's such a great comic book. How can you not like this movie? Yeah, yeah, they used visuals from a great comic book. They didn't take any of the great story from it, though. They just took certain looks and certain little pieces slapped it together and tried to be like oh that's frank miller you should like that because it's frank miller and you're like it's badly copied frank miller that doesn't have any of his genius well the dark the dark knight rises but well come on man the dark knight rises butchered the nightfall storyline so what i mean what are you talking if you say comic books and you take they all cherry pick elements from the comic books that they think are going to suit whatever story they're trying to tell there's nothing nightfall happened a decade after dark knight rises how did they cherry pick anything from a story arc that didn't even happen yet nightfall happened in the 90s man nightfall happened in 94 when bane broke batman's back yeah it's happened way after the dark knight rises or dark knight returns i'm talking about the frank miller book oh you know yeah well the frank miller book what i'm saying with that yeah that happened in, no, that happened with his movies and that that movie was passable i liked it better than the dark knight but it wasn't as good as batman begins and you know i ain't no no one like this one here so i i got no excuses for that bro all I can tell you is it was more watchable and more enjoyable than what um, BVS was because Joe Gordon-Levitt was awesome as his character. You had Anne Hathaway as Catwoman. You had the really cool characters that Batman was stuck in the pit with. There was good writing to it, even if it was cherry-picked, and they did just slap stuff from um, – who wrote that? Was that Scott Lobdell or somebody crappy like that wrote here's Nightfall? A, here's, the crazy part. here's the crazy part, guys. Batman spends a total of 10 minutes on screen in Dark Knight Rises. And yet the movie made, not only made a billion dollars worldwide, uh, but is a critically acclaimed f- uh, movie. And uh, that's that's a hell of a feat to be able to accomplish. Uh, none of that, you had uh, characters that were, like Johnny said, was well-written. Uh, to me, the, the Bane uh, character was extremely well-reimagined re- from the original Bane that we got in the comics, which is a complete joke. And uh, I liked the way they, they depicted not only Bane, but the relationship with him and Talia al Ghul. The fact Bane that in the comics in. was brilliant in the comics. Bane was... Yeah, and that cool. big, scary luchador. Everybody's terrified no, of yeah, but terrified about that. No, he wasn't a luchador, <laughs> though, man. Read the comic. He, he, he wasn't no, he, I, was, I was just joking around. I know he wasn't actually a luchador. I was never a big Bane fan from the comics. He's too big but, to yeah. be a luchador. Luchadors have to be small and acrobatic. Right. Uh, <laughs> At least we didn't get the Bane from 1990-whatever with... Uh, oh, with that's, what ruined, that's what ruined Bane. At least that we didn't get that shit. We got, Bane was, we, we, got a, uh, we got a Bane that was actually menacing. He was, you know, uh, threatening. Uh, he, he was have serious. A, it, he didn't have a scary voice. Uh, I will give loved, you that. And but. he loved strawberries. Yeah, and yes, he did. Okay. Uh, they are packed with fiber. You got to remember that. Yes. Point. But aside from anyway. not having a scary voice, he was pretty intimidating. I thought his voice was pretty scary. I mean, yeah, no. If you're scared, scared of, if you're scared of a drunk Patrick Stewart chasing you around, that's frightening. That's pretty frightening. Uh, I don't know why they didn't, they didn't get uh, 
They should have got James Earl Jones to voice to voice Bane through Tom Hardy's mask. <laughs> that would be uh, some David. epic shit. That would have been a nice star, a little Star Wars. Uh, Keith yeah. David or like or um Tony Todd, um, Candyman to do his voice. Be like, yeah, oh, there you go. Man, you know Tony Todd's got a scary fucking voice. I would, would not want that awesome. calling me up in the middle of the night, being like, "Be my victim." I'm like, no, Tony Todd, don't you call no. me ever again, bro. <laughs> <laughs> not having it, Tony. Uh, guys, we've gone over twenty six minutes. Uh, you guys ready to call it a uh, oh, night over overtime on the round table? You got, you got yeah. any little special blurbs you'd like to read there, Zod Writer? Huh? No. You know, so we got to add to the round some table tonight. B- some BDS defense that you found on on Reddit or something, brother. BDS defense. Hey, I, BVS. I I don't need to defend BVS. It was and a I'm good movie, you. and a lot of people thought it was a good movie. Yeah, so I'm oh, cool. Yeah, those people, live on, those people live on Earth, too, with uh, Alan Scott. And with your $75 Henry Cavill dolly. I actually got it for thirty nine ninety nine. thank you very much. And I'm very you got proud the Barbie one, man. You got the wrong, you got the Barbie no, one, son. No, I got the real one. I got the Best Co. Toys one, but I had Motherfucker, Amazon you got the Barbie, card. you got the Barbie I, I had one. A, so dude, I, had a, I got a $40 Amazon gift card, so I was able to, I used I would it actually, to figure. I would actually respect you more if you went to Target and got like the little Supergirl brat doll ones that they have. For, no, like, the Supergirl. I'm waiting for the waiting for Mezco Toys to come out with the Injustice Supergirl. That's the one I want. There you oh, go. she does have a rad outfit. I've seen the pictures of that. She looks badass. Oh my god! In the in in the game, she's she's really cool. I wish they would that Supergirl that's in Injustice would be the one that would be on the Supergirl TV show. I mean, come on, man, that would be crazy. I've lost all word? hope for that show. Hope. Yeah. In the words of Michael Clark Duncan in the movie Slamming Salmon, if wishes and butts were candies and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So, right? <laughs> there yeah. you go, dude. And here's another DC fucking property that, again, features a big lesbian story arc. Super yeah. Lots of, lots of crack snacking going on in the DC universe. What the hell, man? Like, Nothing wrong are... with it. Nothing wrong yeah, with no, monsters, dude. I'm not saying there's something wrong with it in, re- in the real world, but I mean these are uh, TV shows for kids, man. Like you need, well, you need to go Zod Rider style and watch it in in VR, like lesbian sex. <laughs> I want to see, like, I want to see lesbian action. I, there's ways of doing that, but I mean, in VR, really? Do we have to have in all VR. this gay stuff in kids, you know, TV shows? I mean, I don't know, man. It's just it bugs me. I think out. just back when I was young and I was reading my X Men comic, Do and they I'm they like, any, hey. can I ask you guys something? Do they? Have you know, do they have any trans uh, transgender super? Heroes yet that are in TV, on TV? I don't think so, but eventually they will be. Dan Smith is supposed. And, to and the movie's going to be the movie's going to be by uh, the movie's going to be made by the White Wachowski sisters, right? Yeah, That's featuring uh, Justin Bieber as the lead character. Oh yeah, they, <laughs> Justin Justin Bieber Justin Bieber and uh, Miley Cyrus. There Back when go. I was a teenager, though, man, I'd be looking at my X-Men books and I'd be like, you know what? It'd be awesome if Rogue and Psylocke got it on. And I was called a pervert then. Now I could just work for Fox and write TV shows. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it could you be. I, you know what? You might actually get to see that at some point, though, Johnny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Rogue, Rogue probably not. She can't touch other people unless, like, Psylocke put on a body condom or something. But maybe, like... Psylocke and Domino, or you know, like some X. No, it'll be some, stra- it'll be some strange thing where where Rogue's powers get taken away, and they'll be able to have their little tw- tryst. It'll happen. Hot. It'll be hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you could just wait for for it to come out on uh, VR, <laughs> VR, <laughs> VR, and then you could think be in the about room. Me while you're watching it, Zod. Like, yeah, great. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. 
we'll totally have our penguin and Riddler moment then. <laughs> You'd be like watching porn thinking about me, man. Uh, that's so creepy, brother. That's all wow. I got to well, that said, I think that's the end of the show right there. That's it right there. That's... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Stay classy, people, just like us. We're, we're full class. <laughs> Wow. Guys, that's the, uh, the end of the roundtable tonight, and uh, we'll be back next week, hopefully, with uh, uh, better topics. Are you sure? Are you sure we're going <laughs> to be back next week? That's we're going to try to be back next week with better topics. <laughs> I mean, we, kinda, we almost did enough for two shows right now, almost. Yeah, this is true. I'm always here. Jackal's always here. It's you other guys that can't show up, brother. That is true also. Yeah. So for the uh, caller who called in in, uh, in between uh, the uh, break there and called me a moron, uh, for our co-host... Oh, he didn't uh, call you a moron, he called you an idiot, and you called okay, him Okay, I, I called him a moron. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, he called me an idiot, I called him a moron. <laughs> for my co-host Zod Ryder and for Johnny Alpha and Jason Justice, who's not here with us this week. And for Shazim, who's joined us all the way from uh, Kabul, or was it Kabul, Kuwait? He's in Kuwait. Jesus, you're such a racist, man. Oh, man, I'm going to send you to... Are you Kabul shitting me? Like, stop. Uh, Kabul. <laughs> man, hey, you are insensitive. No. I'm sensitivity training, man. He is not a race. Anyway, I hope you get this shit together so you can be on next week. He's a good kid, so hopefully uh, he's on with us. Uh, but anyway, exactly. for these guys, uh, they keep talking over the end, end monologue. Uh, thank you for being here, guys. We'll be back next week on PSN-Radio.com's Roundtable Show. And until then, like always, stay classy and uh, go watch some movies. Peace, everybody.